This is Maxi Contenti, the director of The Last Matinee, and you're hearing the Horror Squad podcast. Horror Squad podcast. Tonight we're doing a double feature of The House of Wax 1953 and 2005. I'm one of your Todd. We have Sam who's got, oh the doggy just jumped up in the background. I like the doggy. He did. Yeah. We got Steve wearing his hat. Joe, you know, I guess I missed the memo that the dudes have to wear hats tonight. Um, yes. My bad. Joe and Steve both are supporting that. Me and Sam will be hatless. And uh, yeah, how are you guys doing? Fantastic. Yeah. Doing great, Todd. How are you? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. It was hot and now it's cooling down. So I'm a fan of that. I'm ready for the winter. So bring it on. Um, winter. Yeah. Well, I I like winter too, but don't forget about fall. That's true. Fall, we have great weather and Halloween. So mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Halloween is upon us. Hoobie, are we doing Hoobie Halloween this year, you guys? Are you watching that again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's, I haven't watched it since the one time I watched it, so I'm excited to revisit it, actually, for this Halloween season and see if it holds up. Yes, we'll see. I guess so. Steve, what's up with you, buddy? How much? I uh, lost a fight with the hammer. This <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> so uh, I, I've been uh, working on my horror basement, and I bought, like, a like an you know like 60 frames so i could finally put up my autographs and i was whole i was framing something and like putting on the wall and the hammer kind of like jerked back and like hit me in the almost the eye so, gosh uh, <laughs> it's like an open gash yeah <laughs> yeah so it's uh do you need like a butterfly for that like no i'm good <laughs> are you sure yeah yeah it's uh just happy it didn't hit my eye let's just say that so i don't know i feel like you need a stitch or two yeah no i'm good all right so it's uh yeah, but you know it's just starting to look. Finally, my basement is coming together with all my horror stuff. You know, it's been in boxes for like four years, so very happy to see it up and everything. So that must be such a good feeling. It Can is. You uh, come my, over and help me with all of my stuff. <laughs> my my in laws came over yesterday, came down, are like, I don't like this at all, <laughs> and I'm like, perfect, oh. it works. <laughs> I mean, so if people don't like it. That means it's too scary. I mean, yeah, I'm happy. Joe's uh, parents came up this weekend to Salem and they came into our apartment and like, it's a disaster. And I was telling uh, Joe's mom, I was like, Patty, do not judge me on my girlfriend ability with how messy our apartment is. So that's always fun. Was she looking around the room and like, (laughs) well, she likes, she likes Halloween and horror. So she always likes to see like how I've decorated stuff. And then she likes to look at like what Joe's been collecting recently. So they were just like, it looks so great in here. I'm like, no, it doesn't. There's piles (laughs) of Halloween shit everywhere. Like it does not look great right now, but they were Mm -hmm. nice about it. They were. Yeah. Um, I want to mention a couple things, actually. Uh, so number one, Sam and I went to a horror pop-up uh, on Friday. Um, there is a uh, local uh, business owner. Her name is uh, Kaylee, and she is looking to open a horror-themed restaurant here in Salem. So they did their first ever pop-up uh, on Friday, and I got the Hellraiser burger, which was pretty amazing, actually. It was a uh, 
like a cheeseburger with buffalo sauce and jalapenos and whatnot. And Sam got the Lori Strode, which was an eggplant sandwich based thing. Um, but yeah, so um, their hope is to open like an actual restaurant. They're still looking for like a forever home or whatnot. But if you guys want to like keep up to date with them or just like show any support at all, uh, their name is The Crypt here in Salem. So check them out. Very nice. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Steve, we have an interview tonight. We do have an interview tonight. Uh, you got to tell me who it is. So <laughs> okay. I haven't recorded yet. <laughs> All right. Um, so I will tell you. Uh, so yeah, we are go- also going to be interviewing um, Max Maxi Contenti, uh, who uh, directed uh, the movie The Last Matinee, which me and Steve, I think, are going to be talking about on What Watch tonight. But stick around for the interview at the end of the episode. Um, this is a uh, foreign language horror film that is going to be released um, via VOD on August 24th. Um, but yeah, we will get into details about what it's all about during our What Watch. But stick around for the interview with the director at the end. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you guys ready to get in some questions? Yeah. Let's cool. do it. Uh, you can ask us those questions on social media at the Horror Squad Podcast or on our Discord where they had all sorts of conversations, including uh, Candy, which we're going to talk about because it's part of the questions and a lot of talk about it, uh, House of Wax. I, they're pretty excited that we're doing another double, you know, uh, original remake feature. So a lot of good stuff. So thank you, everyone, for the questions. The first question is from Queso Conqueso. What was the first horror movie you saw in theaters? Ooh. I feel like we've talked about this before, but I can't remember. I'm trying to like remember now. The first one that like that comes to my mind is The Sixth Sense or Stigmata. For some reason, those two like pop in my head. I'm sure I saw something before that, but those two were right around the same time. And I, I definitely remember those. I guess depending on who you ask, uh, Jurassic Park would be mm-hmm. one of them. Um, doing really horror, horror. Shoot. Um, maybe Blair Witch. Sleepy Hollow, something like that. Um, for me, I'm pretty sure it was probably I know what you did last summer, which I talked mm. about last week. Yep. I'm pretty sure I, I think I saw that in theaters too. And for me, if you consider it horror, it would be witches. Um, mm. just because I, I was 10 with that, so I that marked me, I remember it vividly. Uh if you don't count it though, it's probably something like Halloween H2O or something along that that timeline or like Todd said Jurassic Park I saw in 93 so I would have been really young then too but uh it's tough to say you know it's like god I saw so many movies in the theaters when I was a kid that's tough to remember exactly which one was first but they're pretty strict here with the uh age thing so uh, I would have had to have been at least 16 to watch a horror film so it's probably a Halloween H2O as far as pure horror goes Speaking of H2O, do you know the original title for Halloween H2O was The Revenge of um, Laurie Strode, which I think would have been like a much better Way title. Better. <laughs> yeah. Kind of H2O. She wasn't like on the offensive or anything that movie. I like H2O. You like H2O? It rolls I mean, it off the tongue. It does. All right. It just um, reminds me of uh, Water's Boy. <laughs> water Boy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> It's yeah, Halloween water. Um, but yeah, no, I, I started listening to a new podcast um, called Development Hell. If anyone wants to check it out, um, but it's about horror movies that never got made. Ooh, like it's that. Pretty interesting. Like yeah. Up. So yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. I'm a few, I've listened to a few episodes. They I listened to uh, Halloween 3D, which sounded like it would have been terrible if it ever got made. It was like part of the Rob Zombie canon. It was supposed to be the third Rob Zombie movie. 
And then uh, also they go over like a Candyman sequel that never happened and Freddy vs. Jason 2. So yeah, they go over some pretty pretty interesting ones there. So yeah, check it out if you guys want. So, so there's two here. Is it uh, Dread Central? Dread, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And his second question is, what is your favorite movie snack when you see a horror movie in person at the theater? Mine is popcorn and Sour Patch Kids and I miss the movie theater so much. I mean, I'm like an old man, like according to Sam, because I just like Twizzlers, like, <laughs> which I think they're delicious. Like I eat them all the time. But I mean, you can never go wrong with popcorn either. I mean, it's just like a classic. It gives so me I've even gotten egg. raisin nuts before. Is that what it's called? R- raisinets. Raisinets. <laughs> they're delicious. Raisinets. old man. Same thing. Easy to get hard candy now and just suck on it the whole movie. Yeah. Did you say popcorn gives you tummy ache, Todd? Yeah, if I eat too much popcorn, it gives me a little tummy ache. <laughs> yeah, probably because I eat it like super fast. Like it's yeah, right. It's, it's so like good though. It's so yeah. good, yeah. It's like I just want to like I just wish I could take two hands and just go <laughs> double fist it. It's like the like the five finger grab is not enough, you know. Hmm. Um, my choice is nachos. I'm right there with you. Nachos with some uh, jalapenos. Oh, nice heck yeah. Hot nacho cheese sauce. I like getting a hot dog too. I usually get the same exact thing actually. You just get like a hot dog, nachos, and like a Coke or like a um, like a cherry Coke or some, something, something cherry-ish. I remember like um, for a while I was in a, this kick of where I would get food before and like sneak it in and it would either be Subway or chipotle when i first discovered chipotle i was obsessed you doing burritos or burrito balls um i was doing burritos nice yeah uh, um for me it's popcorn i i want a food that i don't have to like my eyes don't leave the screen so i don't want to have to look down and you know deal with whatever food i'm eating so that's why nachos and stuff like that are no for me um, and if I'm going to eat like a chocolate, because sometimes it's part of the combo package, it's going to be either M&Ms or Kit Kat bites. I think those would be my, uh, my go-tos. Uh, but as far as pop, if you do have popcorn, I'm just out of curiosity. What, what is the average like end time for, for when you're done your popcorn? Like I, I'm usually done the popcorn before the movie fucking starts, like between the commercials and the trailers. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. So where would you say, are you someone who like, kind of spreads the the load throughout the movie do you try to munch it like as soon as, as possible so where are you on the popcorn i try to go slow so like i can enjoy it during the actual movie but usually that's not what happens i'll just devour it during the the trailers usually i devour my nachos well i'll try to like eat joe's popcorn pre-movie and then I enjoy my nachos but I also give some of my nachos to Joe but I'm really happy if I can eat my nachos all the way through and before the movie ends there's a little bit of popcorn that Joe didn't finish then I'm like oh hell yeah give that popcorn to me um I start off very fast with popcorn and then I feel like poopies and then like an hour later I'm like I'll have some more popcorn and then I snack on popcorn I don't think I've ever finished a popcorn though what i always yeah throw like a little like a couple inches of it away what you don't yeah. take it home don't not, even play well, it's with old. me it's like you don't ever order a small popcorn around me <laughs> like it, there's no point stop that's playing as, that's games. as big as i get is a small if i get a popcorn it's a small oh, no, Todd. because we you gotta get think, a large no you gotta think i'm getting the nachos a hot dog if i get a okay you're getting a hot too. dog yeah. okay that's fine so i gotta like 
kind of be healthy. Well, that's not even close to healthy, but kind of kind of limited a little bit. I have a question. Do you guys drink soda when you're watching the movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I get really scared about drinking the soda. I'll drink it, but I try not to because it's cold in the theater, which causes me to have to go pee all the time. And then plus with the soda. And I get so anxious by like getting up. I'll hold my pee until I'm about to pee my pants. Cause I do not want to go down the steps. Cause then I'm like, what if I fall? What if I can't see? What if I go out and they don't let me back in, even though they always do. But I, I'm like, oh God, please let me back in. Please let me back in. Please let me back in. What if I go up the stairs and I can't find my row? Like, I just think of all these things. No one else thinks of that. I, I only drink water myself. Uh, well, don't you have to pee with the water? You know, I will like pretty much okay. die in my seat b- before leaving oh. the, my seat for a theater because I mean, you're getting late in the movie by the time I would have to pee and I ain't going to miss like <laughs> probably the climax of the film. So I'll like, like peer, peer though. I'm fast. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I will stay in my seat like for, I don't, it, it, I'll suffer through it. That's basically what mm-hmm. I, I can't. Yeah, same. I hate, like, I don't want to miss like one second of a movie like so it'll make it not enjoyable though for, for me at least if you're sitting there yeah your pee that's hurts. all i think about yeah that's yeah. why you just that's why you just pee you just pee your pants yeah. that's why you wear an adult diaper to the theater that's a life hack right joe there. i yeah. would like i want to get a she-we take a cup joe will you be bothered if i take a she-we and then like pee in no. a cup that's no, in i wouldn't mind purse, and no. i can just stay seated put yeah. like a little blanket over my lap is a she-we what girls it. call peeing now is that a thing it's like a little like um, you can use it like underneath a funnel? you. Yeah. Yeah. So you can like really? stand up and go pee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had no yeah, idea that a, existed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like a girl. Yeah. It's like so girls can be guys. Again, it's basically like standing up while you pee. Yeah. It's oh. very convenient. I mean, not that we used want one? To do that. No, but every time I'm like, man, life would be so much easier if I had a shiwi. That's true. We got urinals. We just pull out the wiener and spray. Exactly. (laughs) Like if you're in the car, like give me that shiwi and let me go into this little water bottle and you don't even have to stop. Life, life would be so easy. Um, Cool. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag not sponsored by shiwi. Yet. Yes. Yes. We'll work on it. Uh, Next question is from horror fan Ryan. Do you think horror would be better off if Hollywood would remake much older films, say from the 60s and before, than trying to remake 80s and in some cases 90s horror movies? Um, I don't think it matters either way. I mean, you just need to make, you just need to have a good script, like at the end of the day. Like, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, was good either one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm, I'm, can't really add anything to that. Yeah. If it's good, it's good. Right. Right. I mean, but if you choose to make remakes, maybe you should choose something a little bit older to where it's not, uh, it's not, we don't compare it so much as like the older generations would, like maybe they're not really trying to see all of the new horror films like we are right now. Yeah, no, I I actually, I do agree with that. Um, Cause yeah, like obviously you're, when you remake the, these eighties horror movies, it's like so fresh in horror fans minds and whatnot. And it's like what a lot of, this generation grew up on so yeah i mean obviously you're looking at it under more of a microscope say as like a house of wax which most people probably had never seen before you know and then probably saw the remake first so yeah i I agree with you sam yeah i i agree with you guys i think it really comes down to um if someone has a great idea for something it doesn't matter when it was made because they're obviously trying to improve it 
But the issue that we're facing is that studios are trying to milk the people who are still alive that saw those movies as a kid. And that's why we're getting remakes of the 80s and 90s because the cash grab is there. Whereas people, you know, like 1953, there's not a ton of people who are going to go see the remake based solely on the 1953 film. So I think that's the issue is that we're getting a lot of cash grab movies as opposed to just people wanting to remake something because they feel passionate about the project. So yeah, 100% 100 on that. Uh, next questions are from uh, Chuck, Captain Amazing 85. If you had a wax figure of yourself made, what pose would it have and what would it be wearing? <laughs> wow, what a question. Um, God, my, I don't know. I don't know what, what pose would I do? Uh, something like sort of majestic, I guess, you know, maybe like one like leg up on a, uh, like, a rock or something like, like captain that. morgan yeah 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 exactly yeah like a captain morgan pose with like my hand my hands on my hips like looking up into uh, like to the ceiling or something like that and uh i'd be wearing a uh a tuxedo oh okay i would uh i'd be nude but Ooh. i would have boxers around my That's ankles <laughs> and i'd be in a sitting position Ooh and i could put it on the toilet so when people like don't tell anyone where i'm at they open the door and it looks like i'm taking a shit i like it oh i like that <laughs> i would probably be wearing something halloweenish um probably something with jack-o-lanterns and i would probably be just smiling as i always am nothing too exciting with your she with your shiwi with my shiwi <laughs> and a tray of nachos yeah. It'd be like a fountain, like you the shiwi, like they'd just be like a, just nacho like a, cheese, uh, <laughs> nacho cheese out of the shiwi. Ooh, nice. All right, <laughs> people can dip the, their nachos in it. <laughs> well, it comes down. <laughs> um, for me, I think I just want to be sitting in a theater seat wearing a horror squad T-shirt, an HHN hat, uh, a Disney Magic Band on my wrist, and just like jeans, I guess, just to, you know, combine all my favorite things into one kind of. I love that. This is what this guy was like. And my love of movies would be kind of me sitting in the theater seat. All right. Kind of like in House of Wax tonight, the yeah, remake. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be one of those. Yeah. Uh, next question. A wax figure is a way of leaving a legacy behind. How do you want to be remembered? Wow. what a, That's a deep-ass question right there. <laughs> I mean, I... I just want to be remembered, I guess, as like just a good person. Like, I, you know, I don't want people to be like, oh, he was an asshole. Because it's so funny because like uh, the other day, some, uh, what was it? Uh, I don't know if you guys, it's like not really a great story, but uh, Doe Brunson, he was like a famous poker player, an old guy. And they had, uh, this like went trending, uh, trending on Twitter the other day. Like someone wrote um, like, hey, I'm writing, I'm writing a book about like my uncle who's like another poker player. He's like, I'd love to talk to you about it. And he just responded like, he was like a decent gambler, but he was an asshole. So I have nothing else, nothing good to say about him or something like that, you know? And like, that's obviously not how I would ever want to be remembered. So yeah, I mean, just like, like a genuinely like nice person, I guess. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to like leave like this, like big legacy behind or anything like that. But at the end of the day, if people just rem remember you as like a, a, a nice hurt and caring person i you know i think that's enough joe magnanaro the biggest penis i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> sam, sam, yes, sam yes. just smiles <laughs> um 
Uh, it's pretty, that's a hard one. You know, it's, uh, uh, I guess being a good dad, you know, I mean, what else, what else can you do? If you got kids, Aww. you gotta be a good dad. So don't be an asshole. Cause they'll, you know, like when you're growing up, you, uh, probably don't remember all the really nice things your parents did to you or bending, bending backwards for you and stuff like that. And you're being a little asshole to them, but you'll remember like, remember mom, when you like, you smacked me in the back of the head because I, you know, through my pog or something you know what i mean so you always uh, remember like the naughty stuff so like i don't know try to be better so but i feel like when you get to a certain age then you do when you're the adult you do realize like I, how yeah. much your yeah. parents did for you you're like oh shit man that was hard yeah i told my mom like multiple times my like, mom like <laughs> can i just give you like a blanket apology for mm-hmm. like the stupid shit yeah stupid phases and like oh my word man it's nuts yeah yeah at one point i think everyone's like a little asshole like at some point in their life like especially in your teen like early teens and tween years so mm-hmm. and parents gonna deal with that bullshit i'm sure you're getting close to that that point todd i think right Let's- yeah i'm uh, around the cusp 12 <laughs> yeah. year old so she definitely has an attitude mm-hmm. that sounds fun <laughs> you just gotta brave through those years <laughs> it's funny too because like uh i was telling my wife like because my daughter likes like the tiktokers and the youtubers and my wife doesn't get it but i'm like it's it's the same thing like we liked whether it's like baseball players or rappers or whatever it is like it was musicians and actors and stuff and now the kids like they watch twitch and they watch people playing video games and it's weird to us it is it's super fucking weird to me i'm like why don't you just play the game you have the game play the game (laughs) right but they like they immortalize these people that are like twitchers and stuff and mm-hmm. baseball players and football players and stuff yep. like that aren't really important to them right now so it's like yeah, uh-huh. yeah. it's whatever's cool at the time it's a different mm-hmm. times obviously but like i can't even imagine like god like when i was like listening to like slipknot like back <laughs> you know when i was like 12 like yeah. 13 and like what the fuck my parents were like thinking you know and i like i dyed my hair blue and shit they were like oh lord oh but, my gosh hey you know they they were supportive i mean my mom helped me dye my hair blue and shit so you know yeah. but their phases you know and you just have to let your kids mm-hmm. I, I think that's good though just let your kids like do that and explore it rather than like shame them about it you yeah know? definitely they're not hurting anybody right yeah no totally except please do not dress up as a, a brony or a furry <laughs> yeah I'm that's on the little, line there that's as a, a what line, yeah. a furry or a brony <laughs> oh come on todd <laughs> what about you sam what, what do you want to be remembered for oh do i like a furry no um, I mean, honestly, I probably won't be remembered because I don't have, I'm not gonna have kids or anything like that, but maybe there's someone that will live longer than I do that knows me and hopefully they'll remember me as just being like, um, a kind, sensitive person, just enjoying the little things, the simple things in life. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, me, once. We, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. Well, like once, you know, we're gonna have the four of us, the Horror Squad podcast at Madame Tussauds one day. So you know, we'll, we'll be immortalized there. there it is go. pretty cool. I was thinking about the other day, like, <clears throat> like Sam, you're you're you got your YouTube stuff, and as long as like servers don't get deleted or whatever, that will always be online. Mm-hmm. And like these, these episodes for Horse Squad or whatever will always be online unless they delete them. So right. that's pretty uh, weird to think about, you know, yeah. 100 years if technology is still the same, like it'll still be out there. 
yeah. I was thinking about with with our merch, like you know, some some guy one day is going to be at Goodwill, our face, you know, and be like, He's probably already there. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the fuck are those guys? <laughs> like, that'd be so uh, amazing. Imagine going into the Goodwill and finding it now. That'd be so cool. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> I would. So cool. If that was me that found it, I would look it up and then I would listen to it. I'd be like, oh my god. It's fucking vintage podcast. Wow. <laughs> vintage podcast merch is going to be like a YouTube thing in 20 years. Yeah, right. <laughs> totally. Um, and for me, I just want to be remembered for a guy that was fun to hang out with. Like, I want people to be like, oh, that guy, he was, he had great stories and he was awesome to be with. Like, that's all. Yeah. I really want to have great for. stories. Um, fucking ladies, man, right here. Not anymore, but. Come on, Steve. <laughs> but thinking to what, like, Todd and Joe were saying. God, sometimes I try to put myself in my parents' shoes of what it was like dealing with me, and I cringe. I just can't even think about it. Like, I think of a situation one time where two of my buddies, they're 18 years old, and in the middle of the night, like three in the morning, they got into my house because they had my key and went into my parents' bedroom, (laughs) like, to wake them up because I was so wasted (laughs) that they wanted to make sure I was okay. (laughs) <laughs> and that you know just to make sure i don't like you know die in my sleep from you know choking on my own vomit <laughs> so I, I put myself in that position where now i get woken up by two 18 year old guys in bed <laughs> you know it's like a home invasion movie yeah, yeah. it's a different time you know it's in the I 90s guess. so it's just oh my god and i just cringe thinking about what, it honestly like was it different because i was my kids calling me helicopter dad because if they go across the street i'm like looking out you know He's like, and they're like, they like me telling stories about when I was a kid. And like, when I, t- when I speak it out loud, I'm like, I'm, I was like really stupid. Like we, we would play like water wars, right. Where the, um, the object of the game was to hold your opponent underwater until like he, he taps out, right? essentially drowning your friends. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, riding your bike to like the town square like i'm I, hell no they're not they're they ride the back to the park i'm like where the fuck are they you know what i mean right so it's like were they that different or we did we just not realize it was you know dangerous or whatever i don't know like i just i don't know i just think it's like a w- different world but i mean there was like obviously like kidnappers and stuff and like bad people back then but i don't know my parents just let me go like out they were like all right when the street lights come on just like make sure you get home yes, once they yeah. come on and out and then you just like go out and play all day like mm-hmm. i don't know yeah so I, I don't know it's different times now i wouldn't trust like my kids to like be out at like 10 11 years old by themselves nowadays you think it's just because we know about it because of the internet it's like yeah probably you know, the internet probably we just scared, didn't know yeah, it was because I'm sure it was just as bad. Oh, yeah. We just didn't know about it because there was no way to report it. You know? Right. Uh, all right. Moving on. If you were a candle, what scent would you be? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Who asked that? Is that? Still Chuck. Chuck? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. Ooh, man. Candle. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I would be a candle that smells like it would smell like pumpkins, vanilla, mm. sprinkle a little sugar on top, and just a little bit of patchouli. What is what is patchouli? What's that smell like? Um, it's kind of like people um 
think it's like the general like generic incense smell but it's uh, i don't i don't know how to describe it but it's really good okay yeah i didn't know either todd until i met sam what, what the hell patchouli was i was like Surely. but no, it does smell very nice though it, yeah i would say what sam said the incense like they used to say sure. oh hippies smell like patchouli but oh, i think yeah. that, hippie smell. i think that's that. like yeah. not <laughs> you can't say that anymore i think you can say hippie hippies like an endearing term no but you're generalizing all the hippies if you're any hippies listening we love you <laughs> I, I want Sam down I want, with the hippies. My, I had an aunt that was a hippie. She was really nice. Yeah. We we were in Lush yesterday, Sam, and it said like hippies. Like so, I I feel like it's still like a endearing term. I think Todd's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, I like the gonna... sound of Sam's candle though. It smells. Yeah, it does. Thank you. yeah. It's, it sounds lovely. You um, can get yours at HalloweenHappySam.com. <laughs> Mine would probably just smell like like Old Spice deodorant and body wash because that's like what I use on everything. <laughs> but if it was my work candle, I would smell like burnt, oil burnt, burnt. and um, electricity, if, like burnt. like and tears. Like, <laughs> and tears. <laughs> when was the last time you got shocked? Like, is it and a railroad. Night? Actually, no, I got shocked uh, last week at work. Oof. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Careful, man. It was time. Yeah, it was just a little, little so, jolt. Little, gave me a little, little, gave me a little jump. My, my fingers tingled for uh, like ten. Reminds you minutes. that you're uh, working. <laughs> reminds you. It reminds <laughs> you that what you're doing is dangerous sometimes, for sure. Yeah, because like obviously, like you can't hear electricity and you can't mm-hmm. see it, and then all of a sudden you just feel it and you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> but luckily, I don't work with anything like too extreme. But yeah, hey, well, every once in a while, you're you work on stuff that definitely could kill you um let's see scent let's just do like a sugar cookie i like sugar cookies Ooh. That sounds, mm-hmm. like oh a God. warm a warm <laughs> sugar cookie mm-hmm. i like that um it's tough to say i mean my favorite smell and i think i said this in the past is the Sex combination for Steve. No, <laughs> it's the combination of uh, coffee and a uh, new book because when i worked at a bookstore we had a Starbucks in our bookstore and that was the smell that I came into work every, uh, every morning because they were like brewing their fresh coffee and all the new books were coming out. Cause we great answer. I love that. So that, that'd be my smell because I've never like replicated that smell outside of a bookstore. So mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool if you could ball that up and sell it as a candle. Are you a fan of old book smell? Cause I fucking love old I, books. I, it, yes. Because it reminds me of like, hunting for you know like treasure hunting essentially at uh, flea markets and stuff like that you know it has a certain like it's like a, it's a musk a musk yeah it's like a catnip <laughs> it makes me go like it makes oh. me high off books i'm like oh yeah except i hate it when uh you can smell like cigarettes on the books oh yes yeah, yeah yeah gross all right and his last question uh sam i need that food pairing please or else i'm going to just chew on a wax coke bottle candy no, why can't you chew on that? I love that stuff. I was actually down with that stuff too. Yeah. The juice and, ones though. And like the wax lips and what stuff. What is it? What is it? Like those like waxed the, bottles that had like juice bottles. and stuff. The wax yeah. Coke bottles. Mm-hmm. I never, I don't think I've seen this. Like what? The little candy, like. The little tiny ones that are like an inch? Yeah. And it's like wax. I'm about to Google it. You like bite off the top. And then, like, you suck the juice out. Oh, I don't think I've ever had one. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Wax Coke. <laughs> Wax Coke candy. Huh, interesting. 
Nope, never had those. They were nothing great. <laughs> but they were all right. They were fun because you just like would chew on the wax. They're 134 years old, though. They were first developed in 1886. Wow. wow. Classic. Hmm. This is tough. Um, I'm going to go with, I feel like you got to do like hot dogs or something because they're <laughs> like camping out before they go to the football game. Well, they don't make it to the football game for the spoiler movie, alert. Spoiler. Maybe they do. <laughs> Maybe they just go back home. I don't know. <laughs> isn't there like a, isn't there like a whack? coating over hot dogs I feel, it feels like there is there's like a casing like a waxy casing on them yeah. uh, all right next question is from oh our very good buddy Steve what is the best candy and what is the worst candy it's from you it is <laughs> uh, we, we, were, we were discussing something on um, on our discord and I thought and a bunch of people answered it so I figured I'd ask you guys too you're silly. Such a tough question. Like I love candy so much. It's tough to pick like my favorite. Um you got a little sweet tooth. So so let, let's ex exclude chocolate yeah. because I feel like chocolate's okay. a whole other category. No chocolate, chocolate was yeah. Oh. See, I would have went with like a caramello bar, which yeah. I love. So um, yeah, I, th I think that's a whole other discussion. So let's go strictly non-chocolate candy. Non-chocolate candy. Okay. I would probably go Swedish fish. I really love Swedish fish. Huh. I never heard that before. Mm -hmm. They're delicious. What about least favorite? Least favorite? Uh, ooh. So we're going like gummies stuff? Like, because like chocolate, I would sours, say like mounds or like sugar, almond yeah. joys and shit. No chocolate. No, no chocolate. chocolate. That's tough because like I like anything else. Like, um, what about black okay, licorice? You like black maybe, licorice? I hate black licorice. Yeah. So right. that's a good. There you go. Thank you. Welcome. Um, I think Starburst are really good. Can go wrong with Starburst. And then I was gonna say anything coconut related is disgusting. Um I think black licorice is yeah, that's ugh, ugh, gross. I forget what country like really likes that. It might be Norway or Denmark or something, but one of those black, countries. black licorice? Yeah. So my uh home province of Quebec are huge fans of black ugh. licorice. And I'm not gonna say what it is, but what they name black licorice is super offensive. So Shame on, guess. You guys. <laughs> Shame on you. Shame on you. Surprised they haven't changed it yet. Then they probably have, uh, but I, you know, if you ask like someone that's older, like my grandparents, they're gonna say, "Oh yeah, we used to eat, you know, those." Life. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Skittles. I love me some Skittles, especially like pouring the whole bag in my mouth and just letting all of the like flavors. They just all combine and then you drink a little bit of water and you just go mm, <laughs> and you like swish it around your mouth. It's so good. And are we talking about classic? Classic tropical, for sour? sure. No, okay. tropical is garbage. So is the fucking purple bag. Is that tropical? I think that's the purple. Yeah, I think the I'm purple, the purple bag, bag, the teal bag, the green, the lime green bag. Like get the hell out of here. No one wants you. Classic red only classic red only and if i was choosing anything else besides those colors being the worst candy it would be any like artificial watermelon flavor like a jolly rancher um for me i would say i, I like these like there's i don't know what they call them especially around for you guys but they're like these honey balls 
they're basically like a hard piece of honey. Um, so that, that's something that was popular here. I don't know how popular it is where you guys are. So I really always really like that. Um, and as far as what I hate, and this is going to be controversial because I love looking at it, but I absolutely fucking think eating it is disgusting. And that's candy corn. I, I just can't with candy corn. It's it's super, like I love seeing candy corn because it reminds me of Halloween and it puts me in the spirit. And I love like candy corn items, but the actual flavor of candy corn to me is disgusting. And I can't believe people actually eat it. I can eat like 10. And then after that, I'm like, I'm grossed out. All right, moving on. So next question is from Weezerface. Have you ever been to a wax museum? If so, which wax figure looked most like it was alive? Ooh, so there's a great wax museum, which we've talked about many times here in Salem, called Connor Locks Nightmare Gallery. And they have a Pennywise, uh, Tim Curry Pennywise uh, in there. And the eyes like are amazing on it. And it literally looks like he's alive. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's wax, it's though. I mean, they're wax, aren't they? Close enough. He stares into your about soul. a wax house. They're cl- I mean, what would you call it? I'd say it's a wax museum. figure. What? Yeah. yeah, I mean, what else would they? They're close enough to wax like figures, you know? No, if you if someone was giving a tour of their horror collection, they wouldn't be like, here's my wax figure of Jason Voorhees. Okay. It'd well, be, here's I- my life size. <laughs> here's my, <laughs> right? I mean, but they're like more in, like they're pretty, they're not like your normal, like everyday, like animatronic, like thing. Well, I mean, I don't know. know what they, maybe they want to know them. if you've actually been to a wax museum, though. I have. I've been to Madame Tussauds in so New York look, City. So, see, why um, can't you just answer with that? Well, because I was trying to do a horror person. No, you like, were I, trying to be special and fun and cool. Like, just answer the question. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, I can't remember. It was so long ago. So that's why I didn't say that. Sam, so I know it's okay. I'm just giving you <laughs> Give shit. Me a hard time. I can't even remember if I've ever been to a wax museum. Um, I have, there's one in Las Vegas. That's really cool. I forget what it's called though. Um, but they did have a underground house of horrors, which is really neat. I remember How they fun. had Leatherface up there. I think Michael, um, but was it made out of wax? Todd? It was a, it was a legit wax <gasps> museum. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, what was it called, man? It was something. It's probably still there because Vegas is obviously pretty crowded. That's um, so cool. Most realistic was probably like something like The Rock or Tom Cruise or something. Those are like really good. So um, yeah, gotta Google that. That's pretty cool. So I, I have been to a wax museum uh, in Niagara Falls, and I'm I've been actually to that one too. Yeah, there's a few of them in Niagara <laughs> Falls. So I'm actually going. I thought there. you didn't remember. <laughs> just joking yeah, i'm actually going there in three weeks um on vacation since i can't go to the u.s and i will report back as to which one looks the most real but from memory because the last time i went was probably like 2003 2004 would have been robert wadlow who's the world's tallest person in oh. history uh they cool. have a uh, like life-size wax figure of him both at the Guinness World Book of Records Museum and at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. And he looks like really detailed and really good. And he's a photo op at the front of the museum to get people in. So, uh, Steve, the wax museum I went to in Niagara Falls, like all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, it turns into like a haunted house. Like, I don't know if you went into that one or not, but uh, I mean, I've... it was a Frankenstein's castle. 
No, I mean, it was just like a normal wax museum. And then all of a sudden you just go into this like area that like becomes like a legit haunted house. And I'm like, wow, this is random as hell, but it was cool. Like, and I think they had the Crypt Keeper in there and like a couple other characters. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I haven't been there in like 20 years. So I'm really looking nice. forward to seeing what they have and stuff like that. So I'll report back to, when I get back on you, that. You got to go to Nightmares. Uh, yeah, they, they're called uh, Screamers now, but yeah. Oh, Screamers, uh, they changed their name. Yeah, but yeah, I, I've been like back in the day actually the the biggest scare i ever had at a haunt house was niagara falls at one of the at, at one of the nightmares places that i'll never forget because there you're in complete pitch dark like it's pitch dark and all you have to to like find yourself is this little red dot that you're supposed to follow and there's one of the haunted houses because they have four levels like they decide you decide which like how intense you want it to be and at the most intense level we were in a group of four and all of a sudden hands start like grabbing us and like all this commotion and then they cut us off from the rest of the group so you have to do the house alone uh which i thought was great because <laughs> the other people That's were just cool. basically clinging me the whole time mm -hmm. uh, so it was great to have the freedom and i was there in a pitch black and you're kind of touching around you know to kind of find where you are and then i'm looking for the red dot to try to situate myself and all of a sudden this like loud fucking mac truck noise and i see like two lights and it's coming right towards me like a truck coming barreling right towards me and it stops right in front of you and it's just like holy shit <laughs> that was amazing awesome yeah good times that sounds frightening it was it was great uh and then her next question for steve and everyone what would a house of wax haunted attraction look like not everyone at once now. Um, well, you're the one that always has to we, go first. Yeah, we have I'm not going. We have that's a, what, well, yeah, that's that, not true. We have an unofficial like the pecking order. <laughs> there you go. We have, I don't speak before Joe because he gets mad and he gives me a side eye. So <laughs> Same. I just because everyone's quiet, so I just no. try to jump in. Because we know your loud ass mouth is gonna start talking first. Damn. All right. Well, I'm, I'll be. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna go last on all of the rest of these questions. May so I, you guys may go I answer, it. Joe? <laughs> yes. All right. Let's let Todd go first. What would What would my wax museum look like? No. No. What would the house like House of Wax the movies? If it was a haunted attraction, what would it look like? Oh. Oh. Like, you, you, I, you could you could say that too. If. Uh... Uh, I think the layout of the the remake is really cool. Like the whole mm -hmm. town thing and um, how they go in the theater was really sweet. I, that's my favorite part of the movie is actually like the whole layout. So I think if you got a, like a big, I think you got cool set pieces like in um, the haunted attractions at amusement parks, they always have like different themed areas. So I think if you kind of do that, like they did with the movie, like you walk to the gas station, then you walk down the street, then you go to, a, uh, to the church. I think just like the movie was pretty much, mm -hmm. it was really effective. I think so too. And especially like when she's underneath the table in the house, like that just is so scary to watch. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it'd be cool to see kind of, you know, just have you start it as a regular town, but every once in a while, one of the like figures is actually a person and scares you. And then it slowly gets into like the bowels of the town, like kind of in the movie where it gets scarier and scarier, more like dungeon like and then it ends in you know the same climax as the film which we'll talk about at the end so i think that'd be awesome yeah no that would be awesome mine would be um from the original house of wax it would just be the guy with the ping pong paddle just like flying it at your face for like, like i would have bugged minutes. me if i was outside like <laughs> dude fuck off with your your paddle leave me alone <laughs> is that some popcorn in your mouth Save you watch out shut up all right uh and her last question 
what horror character trope do you relate to the most or is it uh or is what is just your favorite think cabin in the woods the horror the athlete the scholar the fool the virgin i'm the fool 100 percent who are we are the horror trips yeah or what's like character trope or you relate to the most but if you want to use one of those it'd be the horror athlete scholar fool or virgin definitely virgin because joe hasn't taken my virginity yet fingers crossed okay so we have to choose out of those sorry steve (laughs) yeah originally she said it could be anyone but let's just use those for reference okay who is it again it's the horror, the athlete, the scholar, the fool, or the virgin. Um, I guess I'll be the virgin as well. Nice. Yeah, I'd also be the virgin for sure. Ooh. So we all live. Boy, you would be the fool. Stop lying to yourself. All right. I mean, I d- <laughs> if we're I'm like just high school, everyone. If we're, if we're high school kids, I would definitely be the virgin. I was a fucking loser back then. I'd, I'd probably no, be the nerd if we were high school because I, I was really in the movies, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah. The horror, yeah. I, the horror nerd or something. Yeah. Like I'd be the definitely the Randy type guy. <laughs> yeah. Which he was a virgin too. So, you know, hey, horror yeah. nerd virgin. Okay. High school of me would probably be the athlete because I was Ooh. like captain of my high school football uh not football sorry volleyball team which is the only sport we had uh but like adult me would be probably the scholar i guess just trying to think the smart way through these things because i feel like i would survive house of wax if, if i had been in the same situation but that's uh i'll talk about that during the review uh next one's from ali are there any horror anthologies that don't have sex scenes beside the popular ones I like to watch scary movies with my dad, and I was going to put on body bags yesterday, totally forgetting that violent scene with Twiggy and Mark Hamill. Oh my fucking god. There's quite a bit. There's quite a bit of the Hammer ones that don't have any sex in it. Um, Tells from the Crypt, the original, doesn't have any sex in it, so you can start there. It's got a... Who's in that? It might be Christopher Lee. I'm probably wrong about that, but it's a good one. Um, I can't think of anything, so... I agree with Todd and Joe. I didn't say anything yet. But I'm going to agree because <laughs> I'm sure you'll have a suggestion as well. Um, yeah. Is there any sex? Oh, yeah. Trick or Treat has like the sexy werewolf scene. What about uh, Cat's Eye? Does that have sex in it? No. I'm not that. Uh, creep Show did. Creep show two? Oh yeah, no, he, yeah, like, he like rapes her on there's like that rape scene on the raft that's like really like disturbing. <laughs> that uh yeah, I don't know. That's she's actually yeah, I can't I can't think of any either now that you're bench- Oh um there's one called Southbound that's like pretty decent. Um that doesn't have any sex that I can remember, but then you'll probably go and watch it and there will be, so I apologize. I don't think this one did. Did scary stories uh, to tell in the dark uh, have any sex scenes? Does that count as an anthology, though? Kind of, I guess right? it sort of does, right? Yeah. I mean, separate stories. It's yeah, yeah. Or the creep show TV show. If you want to watch something yeah. that's very sexless and mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah, or American Horror Stories. If you want to watch trash TV, <laughs> right? no, they have sex in them. <laughs> yeah, most of them do. Yeah, you're right. Um, all right, and the last question is from uh, Oddjob versus 007. Did anyone on the pod see the remake of House of Wax in theaters, and did you just go to see Paris Hilton get murdered? 
I don't think she's that terrible. Exactly. But uh, I did watch her a uh, couple earlier releases. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you did, Totter. Uh, uh, a few times, a few times. Yeah. Um, I don't think I did. I think it was a DVD. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know why, too. This is like when I was a senior, so I should have saw it, but I don't remember if I did. Yeah. I saw it in theater and it was amazing. You just I like not- Chad Michael Murray. Let's be honest. Yeah, right. It's Jared, Jared Padalecki, please. Oh, that's your, your go to out of this one? Yeah. Like, okay, let me okay. jump on you and hang on oh. tight, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I skipped I skipped this one mainly because Paris Hilton was in it. Like I was like, man, Paris Hilton in a horror movie, it's gonna be fucking terrible. No it's gonna be garbage. So I, I guarantee I you watched her other videos though. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously. <laughs> one night in Paris, you know. There you go. Not, Classic. Was there more than one? <laughs> no. No. Um, was there more than so. one? I remember not, two not, different not Paris Hilton's. <laughs> Same movie. Steve's coming through with the fact. Steve rented it out to people. Yeah, you know how much money I made off that movie? It's like ridiculous. Are you kidding me? Oh my god, I made hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars off that movie. So, yes, I I made I made commission on selling that movie to people, and we we oh, because at your job. Okay, I was thinking you were like selling it online, like a (laughs) black market. Yeah, yeah, I was like, damn. My my boss didn't believe me that it would sell, and I said. Okay, uh, if I order them with my own money for the first two, the first two copies, uh, you know, I'll make the profit off those two, but everything after that, I'll make 25% of the profit. And he said, yeah, that's fine. You know, whatever. So I bought the first two with my money. We sold, we bought it for 18 bucks from our distributor. We sold it for a hundred and we sold well over a hundred copies. So bucks for that. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. It's it's, it's like early internet. So, you know, videos were tough to to get. So, yeah, we sold over 100 copies of that. Wow. People are really, it it was a, yeah. That's hot. hot. Um, As for House of Wax, I did not see it in the theaters for the same reason as Joe. Uh, I felt at the time that because Paris Hilton was in it, I couldn't take it seriously as a horror movie. You know, I, I didn't really understand how movies worked. If some like it was the way it was marketed that I didn't really like. And, and also I I don't I really don't like Alicia Cuthbert with for personal reasons. Oh yeah, so. we remember from last week's episode. Well, they, they didn't hear it. It was after we oh. were <laughs> yeah. Oh, Steve cut it out because he was talking so much shit. No, it's because it was after the episode. We talked about it, but oh, it uh, long story short short. I, uh, I, I have friends who know her. I've met her. She is not a great person. So that's that's what I'm gonna say. No, you heard but it here I, first. But I would watch her videos if she made them. What? Like you're telling me you didn't watch Girl She's Next super hot, Door? Man. I love that movie. With your boyfriend too. He's in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Emil Hirsch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's a, a woman beater, but we'll, we won't go there. Oh. I take back that whistle. <laughs> let me let me flip it and reverse it. <laughs> What's Alicia Cuthbert up to these days? She's on TV shows. Is she? Yeah. Okay. The last show that I watched with her, she might be doing something new, but what's the one um, where it was like her and her friends? Steve, do you know which one I'm talking about? No. Happily something. I don't know. Okay, fine. Steve hates her, so he is not going <laughs> to. Honestly, after, actually, after House of Wax, I don't think I've ever seen her in something else. So, or, or when 24 was. I don't remember if it was before or after House of Wax, but hmm. you know, 24 House of Wax, uh, Girl Next Door. And the show that I knew her from, which is Popular Mechanics for Kids, which is a Canadian show that she was on with Jay Baruchel, actually. Um, yeah, that's what I knew her from. 
So thank you all for the questions. We can't do the segment without you. And now a word from our deadly sponsor. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Uh, what watched? Sam, anything? Nothing, nothing on my wait. Are we gonna talk about American Horror Story, Joe? Sure. All right. So I don't think it was last week, but our last 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 what watched Joe and I talked about how we were trying out the new American Horror Stories, and so far the drive-in has been my best, my favorite. Um. You can talk about because I feel like you liked it more than I did. I was going to talk about the Danny Trejo one first. Oh, you were? Yeah. Should we just skip over that? Was that the one? Christmas one? Yes. Okay, go ahead and do that then. That's fine. Yeah. So, um, first one we watched was one about these. I can't remember the name of it. Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, it's about uh, a group of influencers that like live in a house together. Think the Paul brothers. For those Hype of you house. who know, like Logan Paul and Jake Paul or whatever, um, it follows like these group of four kids who, you know, they're like dude bros. They're, you know, make all these like really shitty videos that people seem to love for whatever reason um, and get tons of views. So what they end up doing is they go out and they film a person committing suicide off a bridge thinking it's going to like, you know, take off and get them a ton of views. Obviously that backfires on them. They end up being like canceled essentially. So they're like, fuck, we have to go out and like do something to like make ourselves look better. But they don't. They end up going to a mall with a store Santa played by none other than our boy Danny Trejo um, and uh, decide to tell all like the children that Santa isn't real <laughs> and whatnot. It makes them look even worse. And yeah, Trejo gets upset and he's like, you're going to pay for this uh, basically. And what we come to find out is that Danny Trejo is actually a uh, serial murderer. He goes around, kills store Santas uh, every year and uh, you know, takes over their thing. And the rest of the episode is Danny Trejo uh, killing all of these annoying influencers the whole way through. Um, You know, it's like has its fun moments, but it takes so long to get there that like, Basically, th- you know, three quarters of the episode is just following these really annoying, like, dude bros. Um, so it's just, like, too much of that. Um, when the Trejo stuff happens, it is pretty fun. But by that point, it's it was kind of like I was kind of over it. So, yeah. But the kills weren't even that great. Like, it was a waste of time. So. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. This one is a 1973 uh, Italian film called La Orgia de los Muertos, which is the orgy of the living dead, also known as the hanging woman. Uh, basically, this guy goes to this, old, this little Scottish village and he finds a girl hanging and he's like going around like there's a girl hanging and like no one cares. So he's like, what the fuck's wrong with all you guys? It turns out like there's some shady shit happening in the town. Um, people like 
murder people and then bury them and then like lie about it things like that honestly lost interest into it because like it was just really boring um there were some cool undead stuff that happened towards the end but at that point it was i was already on my phone looking at other stuff and that was playing in the background so i didn't really like it um but there's a blu-ray from full moon that put it out and i mean if you're into full moon it's definitely not a full moon movie they just picked up the title but uh if you're trying to complete like your italian slash spanish films you can check it out otherwise skip it so the hanging woman or also known as orgy of the living dead all right my first one is a movie i had been anticipating for a long time based off joe's uh, glowing review sometime last year and that is 2020's a nun's curse over on amazon prime uh this stars felisa rose and oh, no. uh, damien maffey uh, it's about a group of people who are taking like photography in the woods and all of a sudden for some stupid reason they have to stay overnight in the woods so they go to this old uh, school that a killer nun used to um, be at and she used to kill like inmates I think it was like a prison or a reform school or something and once they go there they start getting picked off by the killer nun which is played by um felisa rose and damien maffey is one of the guys that's uh in the group oh my god this movie sucks <laughs> it is so bad like I, I i could barely find anything good to say about this movie uh, i always love seeing damien maffey and felisa rose you know but wow this one is just bad the acting is awful the um, you know the situations they put themselves in is really bad uh, the makeup is not that great it's just i cannot tell you to avoid this movie more uh if you're a sucker for punishment like i am maybe check it out but honestly there are a ton of other stuff you should watch before this one so that's a nun's curse on uh, what on makes it bad everything it's a, two, it's a it's a 2.0 out of 5 on uh, letterbox so not the worst <laughs> letterbox ratings sometimes are way too high um the ending is so fucking bad. Like, it's so bad. Like, it ruins the whole... The movie sucked anyway, but the ending makes it, like, offensively bad to me. Yeah, they're like, you know, so Joe gave it a half star out of five. Yeah. There are a couple, like, like hints of semi-good scenes in here where the nun is, like, a little bit scary in the background. But it's so like it's filmed so amateurly, like it's just mm-hmm. it's it's tough to get into this one. But I give it one star just because there are a couple like non scary scenes, and I'm a whole I'm all about the non scary scenes. So yeah, yeah, it's just I, oh my god, it's bad. I'm pretty sure it was in my bottom three last year too. Yeah, deserving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, Sam, you want to talk uh, the other American Horror Story episode we watched? I don't know if I should because I'm not gonna have great things to say about it shocker i know (laughs) so i feel like joe really was getting a boner for this episode um okay so this next episode i can't remember what it's called i really don't care nor should you (laughs) the main thing that you should probably know is that it has billy lord in it which is from scream queens also all the other seasons from american horror story and I think it's just me, but I feel like she's literally the same person in all of her roles. And so I was over it a few years ago, but it's fine, whatever. So it's about this couple 
they're, they're married. They have been trying to have a baby for a long time. So now they are at the stage of doing, I don't remember what the procedure is called, but it's where they take like his sperm, her egg, get it together going on. And then they insert it in her. So she's having like a really hard time getting pregnant. It's not working. The doctor's like, you can, you maybe you should think about like your other options. And she's like, I don't want to do adoption. Like I want to be pregnant. I want to know what it feels like. So then she's leaving this appointment. She ends up going past the receptionist desk and the receptionist is like, Hey, I don't know if I should say this, but maybe try this little like trinket. Like it's a little demon looking guy. And she's like, here, maybe you should try this and fucking put it under your fucking bed. So then you become pregnant because that's a great fucking idea. Never heard of that before. Um, So anyway, she takes it puts it under her bed, has a crazy night of sex with her husband. She ends up getting pregnant and I'll let Joe step in. Oh yeah. So she, yeah, she gets pregnant and she basically, we, we flash forward to like 13 months later where she's has like severe PTSD and is really um, regretting basically having the baby. Um, but then she starts like um, having visions of like uh, Satan in the baby's bedroom and stuff like that. So she starts like obsessing over that um, and people think she's just crazy and whatnot. Um, and basically we follow her breakdown, essentially uh, her like, mental breakdown throughout the rest of the episode. And, you know, I don't want to spoil it. There's like a, a pretty big twist in here. Um, if you end up watching it, um, I, I hated this episode. I, it, you know, it started well, but the ending is so fucking bad. Um, if they just made the ending, like even like decent, I'd be like, you know, it's a passable episode, but the ending was, was just so fucking stupid that I just couldn't go through it. And honestly, like this episode made me be like, I don't know if I want to keep watching like any more episodes of this series. Um, cause there, there hasn't been much good, honestly. I, I did enjoy the first episode, but after that, it's been all downhill for me. I would be surprised if this gets picked up for a second season, the way, uh, the already has been going. It did. Okay. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. Uh, your description right there was basically how it would summarize all of American horror story. It yeah. starts really well and then yep. they just fuck up the ending yep. and then you don't want to watch the next season. But somehow you sucker yourself into watching right. it anyway. It's <laughs> true. It's like enough already. Like, stop it. It's like, because you, you listening, you keep watching it. I keep <laughs> we watching do, we it. Do. Like, yeah. they're literally sucking our teats for all the money. Like, enough. Yeah. Let's I, let's I, boycott American Horror Story. I, I, I don't. Uh, and I, it's a good point. Unless Evan Peterson's involved. <laughs> no, it's a good point. I don't know why I keep going back to this well. That's pretty dry. Like, but for some reason, like I'm always like, oh, maybe they can be better. Like maybe, maybe. something. Like I keep going back. Like I loved Murder House. Like I loved that season, and the first like few seasons were pretty good. But it's just been all garbage ever since. But I yeah. mean, I'll still keep giving it a try. And obviously, they're Same. sucking me in, and they're sucking me in for next season with Macaulay Culkin coming on this season. So I'm like, well, yeah, I, I gotta watch now because Macaulay Culkin's in it. So. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I also was liking the beginning of this episode, but how it ended, I was like, what the fuck? So I ended up watching the next one, which I'm not going to get into it. I'll wait until Joe watches it and we'll talk about it next week. But I told Joe, I was like, I think he's going to like this one. And it was, it's like so far, it's one of the other ones that I like. If I had to choose, you know, it's like find this one and then also the drive-in one. But damn. 
Sounds like the same thing from you guys every week. Like, hey, it sucks, blah, blah, blah. Then Why do we do this back. to ourselves? It's our like, own fault. It's like Steve with his obsession with everything on Tubi. Like, stop. It's true. <laughs> no, it's like the evil bong movies. <laughs> you guys, man, it sucks. Um, all right. So I'm I, looking at my diary here on Letterboxd. It's all freaking Italian movies. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but Dario Argento's 1970s The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Um, funky ass name, but a really good movie. So basically, uh, every single time movie slasher is the same. There's always a killer that you don't know who it is, and you follow the cops as well as the main character investigating who it is. Same exact setup for this one, although it's really cool. Um, this gentleman's walking by. He's an American in Italy, and he's like a photographer, writer, something creative, right? So he's over there chilling because someone's like, hey, go to Italy. It's really fun. You'll have a great time. So he's walking by this really weird art exhibit and he sees a man attacking a woman. So he like runs to her aid, but it's like a weird kind of mirror or a like giant window setup. So he goes in there, he's trying to get in another window, closes behind him and locks him in essentially to this little room. And he has to watch this guy murder this female. Then the cops come and are like, bullshit, you're making like, you just couldn't get away from your own murder scene. You're the killer and things like that. So eventually like, um, he clears his name and they start investigating who this killer is. And it's like um, the, the underground art scene. There's got some like bad boy artists, hippies, no offense. And uh, just a lot of like traditional Italian stuff. Um, there's some really strange character choices in this. Like for example, early on, they're saying like they're, um, you know, he's a main suspect to be the killer, right? Cause he was the only witness. And then he's attacked on the streets in front of multiple witnesses and they're trying to cut his head off like the actual killer. And you would think like, oh, I can clear my name. I got a witness. I'm going to go tell the cops is what happened. No, he just keeps it to himself and goes along with his day. Doesn't tell anybody, idiot. And then the police too invite this writer, photographer, something like that, the character. They invite him into every single aspect of the investigation. Like, wait a minute, this guy's your number one suspect. Plus, it's not like he's a, a, a cop from... You, you know america or anything like that he's a writer he's a he's an artist guy and they're letting him like into the crime lab to look at evidence into like this new age sound system that they're trying to decipher like the the recordings to see the voice like what are you doing please this is why you guys can't catch him um daryl gento he's never been my like a go-to director i think he's pretty hit or miss but this one's definitely pretty good so the bird with the crystal plumage 1970 on uh on blu-ray and watch digital awesome uh all right so i'll do my last one and then joe will tackle the uh the last matinee for the uh review um so my last one this week is from 2021 and it's called the stairs so we got this one as a screener so i'm assuming it's on vod for everybody else and i think it comes out the day that this episode releases so in this one a uh, father a grandfather and grandson go into the woods uh to go hunting and they um, kind of, you know, trek along and stuff. And then they sh- shoot a deer and they're going after it. And all of a sudden, the son gets, like, distracted by something, um, by some kind of creature that we don't see. And he go- veers off into the woods on his own. And he finds a perfectly built staircase with uh, chandeliers and everything in the middle of the woods with nothing else around it, uh, which he finds weird. So, of course, he goes and, like, steps on it and stuff. 
then he the creature is kind of telling him to go behind the stairs which he does and then the creature grabs him and then the grandfather is like freaking out we cut to uh, something like 20 years later and a group of uh, young adults go camping for the weekend and they're hiking through the same forest kind of going towards their campsite and they find this mysterious set of stairs that's in the middle of the woods and a bunch of stuff happens i won't spoil it too much because it's like brand new but um basically it, it was like an okay film i think the setup was really good uh, i was really interested to know more about what the stairs were uh, we see a little bit of the creature like in quick shots and i thought that was really cool because he had a cool like, makeup and everything and i was getting really into it but once you actually find out what the stairs are and you see the creature kind of in full effect, it kind of lost it a little bit on me. Uh, it didn't, the creature didn't look that great and the stair like thing was kind of disappointing to me, but I think it's a decent watch. If you see it on like shutter or something, I would say maybe check it out, but I don't know if I'd go like VOD for this one personally, but still an interesting premise, an interesting film and uh, something to consider in the future. All righty. All right. So let's get into um, our movie for our interview. Um, of course, we are interviewing the director, Maxi Contenti, at the end of the episode. So stick around for that. Uh, but yeah, so this one is The Last Matinee, uh, is going to be released VOD August 24th. Uh, but yeah, so this one is about, um, yeah, it's, so it's an Argentinian um, horror film. And yeah, it takes place in the early 90s at a uh, movie theater. Basically, um, yeah, just like a matinee, of course. <laughs> but yeah, uh, not many people in the movie theater, like a really shitty American horror movie is playing. Um, yeah, and little do we know, a murderer is loose on this movie theater, killing the unsuspecting um, people in the movie theater. Um, this movie, like we follow, like there's like three or four like, many stories happening like in this movie theater um you know you have like a group of like young teenagers that are getting drunk before they go in we have a couple on a first date uh we have who else we got here steve we have the projectionist's uh, daughter right. who's taking over for him for the night uh we have like the couple people who work at the theater and then we have like a drunk old man essentially he was <laughs> in the theater as well and then there's a, like a couple people who come into the movie late and stuff like some girl right that comes in alone who was stood up on a date and you know a few characters within the movie theater setting mm -hmm. yeah and then we have this murderer this you know basically unknown there's no backstory or anything and he just shows up and he just starts just starts killing and uh but secretly killing like we don't like you know he'll do it but like the rest of the theater doesn't notice because like it's not a packed theater so like they're, it's very far away and it's a big theater and stuff and it kind of all culminates to an to a you know an, an ending uh but yeah um so yeah overall you know i enjoyed this one for the most part uh the movie takes place in the theater the entire time like it's one setting um and I think for that, like, I was pretty impressed. Like, I was never really bored. Um, I was pretty interested in all of, like, the interconnecting stories. Um, I did, like, the main projectionist girl. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, I had a good time with this. It, you know, it's, 
I wish like there was like a little more uh, killing and whatnot, but like the kills that did happen on screen were all pretty great. Like there was like pretty solid gore here. It's definitely like a throwback to like, I felt like old school Giallo uh, movies, which like, obviously you get the Argent, like there's a huge like Argento poster in the background for opera uh, that like is prominent in many, a uh, few of the scenes. And I feel like that was definitely intentional because I was definitely getting those vibes and the color, man, the cinematography in this movie, I, that is what stands out to me. Um, like his use of color, the director's use of colors in this and whatnot was really good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I gave it three out of five over on Letterboxd. Is it something I would watch again? Probably not, but I think it's definitely worth like a one-time watch. Yeah, I, I mirror everything you said. Uh, same thing. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I was I was kind of into it, trying to uh, figure out what was going to happen next and stuff. I do find it was a little bit slow to start. Uh, you see the killer come into the theater at the beginning and then you basically don't see the killer for a long time, uh, even though he's in the theater, but he just disappears for a while and then eventually makes a return in like the last quarter of the movie. But um, yeah, it was an interesting film. I, I love the theater setting. I thought that was really cool. Uh, you see different parts of the theater. It's not like just in the you know theater room. You see the projection room. You see the front booth and stuff like that. So it's not like it's all in one room, but it's in the same building, which I thought was really cool. And uh, yeah, some of the kills are pretty brutal. The killer is... Uh, you know, pretty sick, and you'll if you watch the movie, you'll know why. So it's just like greasy and grimy. Yeah, too. exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, yeah, and he, yeah. He, there there are some similarities between him and the greasy strangler. If you think about it, <laughs> yeah. with the stuff yeah. he does with the bodies. But anyway, uh, I don't want to say too much because it is a new film. But uh, I think it's worth checking out once. Uh, like yep. Joe, I don't think I'd revisit this one, but I'm definitely not, uh, you know, mad that I watched it. So I'd recommend it. Yeah. All right, trivia. Very cool. I was just looking at Paris Hilton trivia and uh, the, <laughs> the hottie and the naughty poster is so funny. <laughs> you guys haven't seen that in a while. I remember it. that movie. I don't think I've ever seen it, but I do remember the poster. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> terrible. All right. Trivia points are as follows. They are first place, Steve, 77. Second place, Joe, 76. Third place, myself, Todd, 75. Sam, 49. This is game number 31. Ooh, Halloween 31. I like it. Um, who would like to lead? I'll go. Oh, Steven. All right. Um, Hottie and the naughty. <laughs> no, no Paris Hilton. Actually, the ah. questions were sent to me, so you know, I, I, nothing for this movie. So the first one. Uh, so thank you to Weezerface for sending me this one. I really appreciate it. In 1976, The Omen... Little Damien goes on a fun trip to the zoo. What two kinds of animals freak out upon seeing him? A horse and monkey. Uh, wrong. You need both. So one of those is correct. I won't say which one. This is correct, eh? A monkey and a crow. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. How many crows are at the zoo? <laughs> well, it could have just been a bird, you know, on the trees. Who knows? <laughs> Can you repeat the question, please? Yes. Uh, in 1976, The Omen, little Damien goes to a, on a fun trip to the zoo. What two kinds of animals freak out upon seeing him? Okay. And the boys have guessed a monkey. Uh, monkey. Horse, and, horse and monkey were mine. Um, I'm going to say... Monkey and okay. crow is just... <laughs> yeah, one of the two was correct, but I won't say which one. Um, well, shit. Do they know which one's correct? No. Okay. Um, I'm going to say the monkey and 
the lion. Okay, so I'll give you each one more guess, but I'll tell you that one of them was, it's technically baboons, but we'll say monkeys, fine. So okay. guess one more. Let's do an animal each. Get one more guess. Ooh, I'm going the monkey and a bear. Wrong. <laughs> monkey? The zebra. Wrong. Ah. Um, <laughs> I was really stuck say, on the horse stuff. I was going to say monkey and gorilla, but those are both No, it's, it's know, not another. Similar. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Monkey and. You already guessed. You said gorilla. No, yeah, I said gorilla. I was going to say yeah. gorilla. But I... <laughs> well, no, I but you, you waited for. Fish too. Exactly. You waited for Steve <laughs> to give you the. No. Fine. Monkey. Fine. Wait. Monkey fish. and F. Did you say a fish? <laughs> yeah, fish got upset. No, it's not. Yeah, I, yeah no, I, I, I don't even. Let's know try to let's try to detective work this. Okay, let's think about something you can train to be upset in a movie. So we got we got the primates down because you can train those. What else can you train? All right, I'm going. What about an elephant? That's right. what I was gonna say. Okay, no, it's not an elephant. <laughs> Dang it! What right. is it? So it was actually take it. a baboon and a giraffe. <laughs> Oh, I kept what? thinking giraffe, but I was like, mm. <laughs> right. So thank you, Weatherface. That, uh, that was good. But yeah, I, I wouldn't expect a giraffe, like giraffes either, to get, hmm. especially like teaching them to do that. I, yeah. Interesting. It's all for you, Damien. <laughs> okay. And the hottie and the naughty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got one. I got multiples, so I'm going to steal one each from you guys and I'm gonna do a Todd Condit original. So this is from Weezer Face uh, and she says, I'm not gonna use your hard one, but Invasion of the Body Snatchers came out in 1956. What year was the first remake for that movie? 84? 84 is on the board. 77. 77's out there too. 82. I think it was earlier in 84 now I think about it. It was definitely in the 70s. Joe yeah. was so close. It was 1978. Mm. Fun fact, it was remade in 93 and then back again in 2007. Nice. So, yeah. I don't, I don't think I've seen bit. any of them. I think the last one was, I think I want to say Nicole Kidman. No, it was like Monica Potter. One of those like girls that looks like that was in there. It was Donald Sutherland, right? In the first remake? In the 70s one, yeah. 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 All right, I'll go next. Uh, this one is from Katie over on our Discord. Uh, so, what is the tall man's name from the Phantasm franchise? Like the actor? I'm no, just the go character jump has off a name. character's name. Oh. We've had this before. <laughs> Puffer Brit. Uh, oh, Angus Shrem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gregory. All right. Sam, you uh, want to guess? Roger. No. And she used this because last week we kept saying the name. Failure. Jedi. Is it Jebediah? <laughs> it's Je- it's, it's Jebediah no Morningside. Oh, wow. Morningside. Jedediah. Yeah. Jedediah could have fit in with the House of Wax remake for sure. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Jedediah. All right. My turn. All right. I got so many questions. Which one should I do first? um all right this one's this one's from katie shout out to katie what famous actor helped produce the greasy strangler oh it's elijah wood, elijah wood. shit good job steve, steve got it first yeah. steve which by the way for those of you guys who are elijah wood fans 
um he just appeared on hot ones and i can't wait to watch he did. it i i also have it on my watch later <laughs> i'm excited yeah we uh we actually talked to sky elevar about that about having elijah wood yeah what did he say about elijah that he's awesome basically if i remember <laughs> or maybe we didn't talk to him and i read that in an interview before but anyway uh, yeah same thing close enough <laughs> i don't remember it's just, i don't remember either they all mixed together yeah <laughs> yeah all right next uh, question comes to us from kayla have you checked the children lately was what the caller on the phone and what when a stranger calls what is the name of the character who receives this call oh my god stop uh, sam we should know this one i know katie i was just saying her name not katie no uh trudy wait is this the original or the remake did she say she didn't trudy. specify i don't know Tr- if the names it, are it, the same. it might be the same character i'm not, yeah, I'm not sure trudy's house of wax totter yeah <laughs> oh my god danielle no you guys want another guess or susan no no, no. i was just saying her name last episode <laughs> good yeah i'm fine it was uh, Jill. Ah! Okay. Didn't remember that at all. Sorry if you're wearing uh, headphones, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Jill. This is from Miss Kayla. Uh, okay. Ooh, should I do a Nightmare on Elm Street or Blair Witch question? Oh, oh I like them both. <laughs> you know, I'll just, I won't do one of mine. I'll do both, both theirs. Okay. In a Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master, which character, I need her character name, died from an asthma attack oh my goodness oh, oh my god lisa I, I can picture her does that count <laughs> no you cannot she was the nerd she yeah. was Is she it, was uh, the female urkel uh, character <laughs> she'll be at Denise. a con coming up judy no to both of those joe would you like a guess no name god. out there we just fucking watched it too. i know we're, we're terrible <laughs> we're terrible names <laughs> yeah taglines and names we suck balls yeah. at I can't remember. Sheila. 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 Oh, yeah. right. oh Sheila. <laughs> All righty. Next question comes from Weezerface. Um, House of Wax Ooh, is House a of... remake. House of Wax 1953 is a remake of what? Mystery of the Wax Museum. 1933. I think Steve said it first. No, did, Steve didn't right. say it first. I did say it first. <laughs> 1933. Go yeah. back to the I, tape. I win. <laughs> depressing what's the point i'll just stop here okay this question comes from weezer face and i want to know how tall do you think vincent price was six four it's a tall boy um six two five eleven Steve got it. I just wanted Dang. to see what you guys oh. were gonna think. Steve, Steve's on fire in the head. My boy, six four. Are you joking? Let me and hold yeah. on tight as well. <laughs> Steve commanding that first place right now. Oof. All right. Uh, so the next one is also from Kayla. Uh, she gave Kayla. two here. I'll, I'll give you the easier one of the two. In the movie Psycho. 1960, not the Vince Vince Vaughn remake. <laughs> Marion Cree 
Crane uses what alias to sign the register book at the Bates Motel? Ooh, nice question. question. Yeah, it is. Of course, the Can one I it again, Steve. Yeah, in the movie Psycho, Marion Crane uses what alias to sign the register book at the Bates oh. Motel? Crane Marion. No. <laughs> That'll throw him off. Mary C. You're close. Oh. Very close, actually. M. Crane. No. Fine. I don't Quit. know. You guys give up? Yeah. Mix C. It's uh, Mary Samuels. Mary Samuels. Mm. I think Sam should get a point just for getting the first name. It. No, it's <laughs> fine. Keep your pity point. She, 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 she got half of it. She I'm, did. I'm, I'm good with it. Just give me a half a point. There you full, go. Full, not full. doing no math. <laughs> <laughs> give her the full point. Come on. All right, hold on. Let me give my point for the monkey question. Yeah, right. okay, <laughs> Come on, Todd. It's not like I'm going to be winning, so. All right, back to Stevie. Stevie Wonder. That was me. He's point. That's yours. <laughs> All right. I think it's no, mine. It's me, actually. Oh, is it your? Okay. All right. Blair Witch Project. Uh, the Blair Witch Project actors all agreed to stay in character while filming. But if they needed a timeout or wanted to comment on something, they would use what code word? This is from Kayla, by the way. Great question. Banana. Banana is on the board, <laughs> but it's incorrect. I know. Lunch, lunch meat. Lunch meat. Incorrect. Which? Which is incorrect. The correct answer <laughs> is taco. 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 Right. Did not know that. I did not know that either. Not me either. All righty. Last question from me comes tonight from Kayla. Kayla. What color dress was Helen wearing when she died? And I know what you did last summer. Red. Red on the board. Who the fuck is Helen? Green. Helen was Sarah Michelle Geller's character. Oh, wasn't she wearing a bikini when she was killed? It was like a green color, Joe. Why are you yeah, acting like I didn't get it right? Sam says green. Green on the board. Uh, I guess I'll go blue. <laughs> Sam is correct. It is green. Green. Yeah. <laughs> Greeny, job, greeny. Yes. Joe, you almost had me shaking in my boots. <laughs> All right, Sam. Last one. All right, last one. Okay, so Kayla sent me a few questions, but I'm going to save them for next week. So here's a favorite of your guys's. No, not taglines. No. Tagline. All right, here we go. Oh my God, I'm going to go. Oh, I'm not going to get a point tonight. Pray, slay, display. Uh, the strangers. Pray at night. What? The strangers <laughs> pray at night. Oh, okay, Steve we got, got it right. Steve got it right? I should have done different movies. Probably on his computer. <laughs> no, it's because every week you do the movie you were watching and you never get it. Well, Todd and Mister. Joe obviously it, it, don't it pay attention. This, this <laughs> one. Yeah. All right, count those points, boy. Hold on, I got a bonus here. Yeah. Oh. All right. All right. Paris Hilton stars, and this is a real question. Paris Hilton. Simple Life. No. Paris Hilton stars in this movie. What other two horror movies does she have under her belt? Ooh. God, is, I don't know of any. <laughs> you, you do, you do. I do. I, I could picture her in one, but it's, I don't know. Was no? she in like Sorority Row? No. No. She was not. Okay. Yeah. Nobody? Mm, I can't think of any. A Amber Sweet? No. Amber nope. Sweet? Ring a bell? 
Nothing I no. can think of. No. no. Repo the Genetic Opera. Oh, okay. yeah. She plays Amber Sweet, and then she's in a movie called Nine Lives. Mm. Okay. I've actually I, never I've never seen Repo. Really? I, I do not like it. Me neither have I, so. Yeah. People love it now. She, but... she looks like she would be in a scary movie, though, right? Like, that's a role you think she'd be in? The, like, the series scary movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She was she in it? Any no, apparently not. Oh. <laughs> Shock. Yeah, and exactly. A little fun fact: she also worked later on with Jared Padalecki um, in an episode of Supernatural where she plays herself. Again. Yeah, and they, they make fun of Castle Wax actually. I think in that yep. episode. Yeah, it's a fun episode. All right, Todd, count the points. Right, we don't have a lot of so time left. <laughs> I, I'm sad. I have gone back to back weeks with zero points. Joe, zero, Sam, two, Steve, four, four, a new total of Steve in commanding first place, 81 points. Nearest to him is Joe, 76. I remain at 75. Sam pulls ahead to 51. That's what I'm talking about. In your face, smell my feet, eat my shorts. I'll have a cow, man. What else? <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to say that it's my bruise on my head, but it reminds me of Doc Brown's bruise. So maybe it just makes you smarter when you <laughs> Aww, get hit. There you go. Yeah. That's how when I came up with the flux capacitor. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that as I was. That's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. House of Wax, 1953. An associate burns down a wax museum with the owner inside, but he survives only to become vengeful and murderous, directed by Andrew de Toth. Um, okay, so the, yeah, basically this one is uh, Vincent Price plays a artist who makes a bunch of wax museum figurines, and he has this really popular art show where he's really into it, like creepily into it. He has an investor that really wants to get out of the business. He's like, this is not making me money, blah, blah, blah. So he has another guy come out. He's really interested in the project, but it's going to be three months before he comes back because he's going over to Egypt to go look at mummies or something. So this fucking rat bastard says, hey, man, to Vincent Price, why don't we just burn the place down and collect the insurance money? And Vincent's like, no, these are my art pieces. Like, I love these people. Like, legit, he talks to them all creepy, you know, like whispers in them and stuff. So the fucking guy beats up Vincent Price and then sets the whole place on fire with Vincent inside of it. And then that's it. Fast forward a few days, a few years later, something like that, and Vincent Price is back at it, but he's disabled, so he has a lot of young artists doing the work for him, and it's like a hot commodity back in town again. This time, though, um, if there's like a crime, like a murder, or whatever in the town, he puts that in his wax display and displays people. So, like, some guy got hung, he puts him in the exhibit, and so on. So that's where we're at. Who would like to go? Sam. No, Joe. <laughs> oh, I'm going first now. Oh, get it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't think I'd ever seen this one. And if I had, I didn't remember anything about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I went in with really no expectations whatsoever, besides Vincent Price, obviously. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I actually really enjoyed this one. It- it's a it's a very good time. Um, I thought the plot was great, like it was very interesting, like um the wax figures like are all like really cool and creepy and the there's like a, a bit of a mystery here i guess um like cuz there's like also like this weird phantom of the opera looking dude that's like going around uh killing people um but then we you know which i immediately thought like oh that's vincent price's character but then we see vincent price so i'm like whoa wait a minute like what's going on here 
Um, and yeah, I mean, so I enjoyed like the mystery of it all, even though like, I felt like it was like kind of obvious, but it did throw me off a little bit when I did see, um, like normal Vincent price. So, um, for me, like I was like, kind of like, I, I didn't guess it right away, I guess. Like I thought I did, but then I was like, it threw me off a little. Um, yeah. So like overall I liked it. Um, my biggest problem I guess would be the ending, but we can get into that later. Um, so I hadn't seen this one before either. Um, Vincent Price, what a handsome fella. Am I right, everyone? Um, let's total dilf. <laughs> what about the whole scene with like the actual fire everywhere? I thought that was amazing. Dude, it was real. It was real. All they of it was up. real. They fucked up and it like literally lit on fire and they... <laughs> but it looks so good i love that yeah. whole scene where everything's like catching on fire although i wonder what it would have been like if um his partner that burned down the museum if he would have gotten revenge a little bit later on like it was just kind of really fast and then he just was doing his own thing i feel like it should have been like a build-up to where he killed him at the end but maybe that's just me um and like joe said you know you're kind of thinking is this vincent price's character is this henry um and then just the scene where she punches his face and then you do realize the twist of it was pretty cool to see um not much to add to it really um so i saw this movie in college as part of my film program so that was the first and last time i think that i had seen this one uh, I absolutely adore Vincent Price, so I'm happy that I got to revisit it. And uh, I loved this movie. I really had a good time watching this movie. I love like the feel of the fifth of the movies in the fifties, like the big fanfare music of old films. I really love that, uh, particularly during the fight scene. Like they're putting these big like orchestral band like music as they're fighting, which I thought was fantastic. I love the way the figures looked when they were melting and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Uh, I thought the makeup, the makeup was actually pretty good, you know, for its time. Uh, they didn't like skimp out. And um, I, I knew that that was, uh, you know, Vincent Price because he moves a certain way. Like he has a very unique set of mannerisms and he's lanky and he's like six foot four. I, I knew that. And he just, it just, it, it was obviously Vincent Price to me. So I kind of saw the twist coming a mile away, but still thought that was really cool. Uh, I love watching old movies too, because of certain things that like, at one point he tips someone like 50 cents and he's like, have yourself a nice dinner. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh my God, times have changed. Uh, another scene that I really marked me is they're at a morgue at some point and a body just like pops up out of nowhere. And the guy's just like super unfazed. It's just like, yeah, that just happens and puts it back down. Like doesn't scare him at all, which I thought was so weird, but it really made me laugh. Uh, the fucking intermission <laughs> and the whole like thing around the intermission so this was obviously meant to be seen in a movie theater, uh, you know, in the 50s. And having that whole paddle guy, like at first I thought it was super stupid, but then I was really into it. And I really wanted to just keep like watching the paddle guy doing his thing because he kept doing these really interesting tricks. And the way he talks, I mean, I love the 1950s, like, like jargon and the way that like the accent of that that era is so like awesome then there's like dancers and stuff it's like a whole show intermission which is so interesting and then they go like right go back to the movie like immediately after that it's just 
it's weird it's weird to see now but i could see how that was a fun like thing to do in the movie theater it kind of set the mood a little bit in between uh you know the film and everything uh, the sets were incredible the movie's incredible i i fucking love this movie all right yeah um first time long time for me as well i just remember pretty much some beats from it yeah 45 minute intermission is pretty strange like were they that bored but i know it was like um to get their 3d effects like so they can see that shit with the paddle. So that's funny. Um, I was laughing out loud at the beginning with the Inferno because <laughs> it gets out of control super fast. And it, it's fun reading that it was actually a real mistake and they just shot it still. But Vincent Price gets like a half like a fucking bowl and tries to put out something. And it's just hilarious because there's so much fire behind him. Like, dude, just get out. Um, and Vincent, he's he's definitely like banging these models, right? Okay, just <laughs> he was super into him. Like this guy's definitely diddling uh, some of these things. Um, uh, Vincent Price, he can fight because of the end. He's fucking everybody up like back to back. It was almost like a comedy because one cop would run up and get knocked out. Another cop would come at him, get picked up. They picked up a lot of guys during fights in this, which was pretty funny. I guess that was like a tactic. Um, and uh, my only thought too was I thought the the twist was pretty televised. You know, I wonder if the people back then got it or were they like oh fuck like were they like were they blown out of their mind because i can imagine they definitely were especially with the reveal with the makeup because it was really yeah. cool um a fun movie definitely not as not the best price flick i all my points go to him because i think he's just whenever he's on screen he's amazing that voice that yeah. look you just I, I don't know i think he'd be like a really interesting person to just talk to um mm-hmm. And then the sets, like Steve said, the sets are amazing. The the graphics look awesome. And that Inferno is, is so good. I loved mm-hmm. it. So yeah, fun movie. Yeah. Like I, I agree with you, Todd. Cause like, I mean, I don't know. Vincent Price is like, he's such like a foreboding presence, like on screen, you know? So it's like, you're kind of like rooting for him, even though he's like the bad guy where and like, you're supposed to be rooting for like, like the, our protagonist, like our main mm-hmm. uh, female character. I can't remember her character name, obviously, because none of, we never can, um, Sue. but Sue. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, Sue, like I thought she did okay and everything. Like she was fine. She was a good character and everything, but like, I just didn't care. Like if she died, like I was more into Vincent Price, you know, like every time he was on screen, like I'm way more into him. Um, me personally, like I, that reveal was great. Like, and I didn't know, like, honestly, like I was like, it's gotta be price, but I was like, how is this like going to work? Like personally, I thought I was telling this to Sam, I thought he was normal looking, but he was like going and putting like the wax face to make him look disfigured, you know? And like, he was doing that. So when that reveal happens, when she like smashes his face and like his normal face comes off and it's like him, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Like I, I was like, I was like, Oh shit. Like, I mean, even though I probably, I like, I did kind of see it coming that it was him, but like that reveal I thought was awesome. And I think back in the fifties, like they weren't like a lot of like reveals like that yet. Obviously like now, like it happens like all the time, big twist, but like, I feel like it didn't happen as much then. So I feel like people probably did lose their minds. And I really wish I could see this like in 3d. Cause like it probably would have been so fun. I think the 3d effects, they lost the like, to whatever they needed to like make it 3d i don't think warren brothers ever put it back into 3d um so i don't know if you can see a 3d now but right uh, now you're right vincent price has such a 
commanding presence and that's what i love so much about him and he had that all the way up to his the passing you know when he did edward scissorhands and uh you know I, i've mentioned many times that i grew up watching him on hilarious house of frankenstein and he always had that presence and you know i'm glad that we're starting to revisit kind of his old films because that's the second one we've done in a, in a year and uh there's a lot like i'm looking through his filmography and there's a lot of stuff i haven't seen so i'm gonna start hunting these it's just they're not super easy to find this one's a little more popular so i was able to buy it uh on my xbox but uh yeah it's a great film I, and did you guys i don't know if you guys noticed did you guys watch the old old adams family from uh yeah yeah Caroline. Yeah, yeah carolyn jones was uh carolyn jones is a smoke show in in the old adams family yeah mm-hmm. i could not stand her stupid laugh in this so <laughs> i was like oh stop <laughs> yeah it stop. was pretty annoying <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh that corset though Ugh, like just... oh my god yeah so god. tiny just, yeah like, she was whoa. so tiny just grosses much i was talking to to joe um because i kept hearing that everyone talked about how charles bronson was in this movie and i was like who is that and joe's like was he in this movie and he actually was so i don't know if steve and todd are aware of him as well but he is joe Oh, I didn't Igor. recognize him. I guess he was. Oh, Igor. he was Igor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Which cool. made me like think. I'm like, I didn't know Charles Bronson was that old, and he was. Mm. So, yeah. How original! I eh? uh, his assistant Igor. <laughs> I <Yeah>. know. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. That guy could fight too. He was knocking yeah. dudes out left. Yeah, tonight. he was. He was tough, a beast, man. Yeah, yeah. He, was just, he was all jacked up. But yeah, I mean, so my biggest problem with the movie is the ending. Like, I feel like it's just like so abrupt, and mm-hmm. like we don't. There's no like buildup, you know, and I mean, we'll get into it. Like I like the remake ending like has great like buildup, I feel like. And it's long, whereas this one, like it just kind of like happens. And then the end, like, you know, like and it's like I wish we had a little more like buildup in the and like I wish the climax was a little longer. So that's where this movie loses points for me personally. Yeah, they did that with um House on Haunted Hill too. It pretty much yeah. just ends, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I guess maybe that was just like the time, like mm-hmm. you know how those movies were back then. And I'm just more used to it. But I'm really, I, I agree with Steve. Like, I'm glad we're revisiting movies like these because honestly, I probably wouldn't watch them otherwise. Like, you know, like I, I, I don't uh, anything past like the '60s. I really don't tend to gravitate towards but man i love them like i've been loving like i thoroughly enjoyed watching this like i thought it was great and uh i i have to like start watching more of like like steve said prices uh other movies i've never seen Mm -hmm. so i'm excited to revisit more of his work you guys want to read or are we waiting for the end to read them both I'll read it now if you guys want. Go ahead. Shoot it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed this one. Like I said, the only problem really I had was with the ending, but a, a really solid movie. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. Um, I think I'm also going to give it an eight. I give it a 3.5 or a 7.75. You scared me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I give it an 8.5. I really enjoyed it. There are a few issues, like Joe said, uh, the ending, uh, the mystery, like uh, Sue trying to figure out that it's Kathy. The, like, she she goes up to the wax figure like four times. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, either figure it out or don't. You know, it's just, I don't <laughs> know. The, that whole mystery part kind of lost me a little bit. But yeah, I, I love the film. So 8.5. I'm, definitely, I'll, I'll rewatch this one, you know, in yeah. a few years. I mean, I bought it for, for the review, so. I'll definitely revisit this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one more and thing. I, 
I always liked how Vincent was always creeping around. Like he was always in the shadows. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creeping yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's touching his figures. I mean, like. Yeah. He's fucking. Yeah. I I found that like endearing though, like in a lot of ways. Like I didn't find it creepy, more of just like, like he loved his work. Like he was obsessed with his work, you know? Like I didn't take it in like a sexual overtone type of way or anything oh, like he's that. He's definitely like, fucking him. I see. I didn't take it like that. I just was like, wow. Like he just loved his work. Like, and he was like, so like, yeah. But you know, hey, if you want to be a creep and think like that, hey, at least it's a mannequin, right? It's not a <laughs> real person. All right, House of Wax Remake 2005. A group of unwitting teens are stranded near a strange wax museum and soon must fight to survive and keep from becoming the next exhibit. So this one's a little different. And by a little, I mean a lot different. The only thing it has to do with anything else from the original is the name itself and the fact that they're wax people. Um, So yeah, there's a young college group, whatever. You got the boyfriend, girlfriend, you got her angsty brother, who's just a prick and I cannot stand. I just want to uppercut him. Like, dude, stop trying to be tough. Drink a beer with your friends. You don't have to sideball, like your eyeball people. He's a stupid fuck. And you got the nerdy guy, and you got the the uh, the suave black dude, and you got Paris Hilton, who's just like she's not terrible. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. She's not terrible in this. She's definitely a lot worse actors out there than her. But uh, they do their jobs well. I mean, they're each like you know their character. But they're doing a cross country thing. They're going to a, base, a football game in Louisiana. Uh, lo and behold, though they stopped at camp so they can uh, have a fresh start the next morning. When they wake up, the truck doesn't start. So part of the group's like, "All right, I'm gonna stay with my car. You guys go on. Um, they're gonna get help from this random, um, you know, dude. That's he's a he's a he's a country boy, right? They they find a, a kill pit with a bunch of animals and they ask him to help them. He's like, "Yeah, you can get a part for your car down the road down there." So he takes them. Um, they walk into this strange town and they walk in on a guy that's in a church he's uh i'll come with you i'll help you in a few minutes whatever turns out he's a mechanic at the local gas station he's like i got your fucking car part meanwhile the rest of the group that left for the football game gets stuck in traffic they turn around come back and now throughout the movie um that group and the group that stayed behind are trying to link together while trying to survive the night because lo and behold the town is not what it seems it's actually a uh, area where twin brothers are on a rampage creating their own art exhibit uh, to honor their mother, who was really into art, uh, box museum stuff. So they're remaking the entire town. Um, and I'll leave it at that. Um, first time in a long time, I think I watched it originally around DVD when this first came out. Liked it a lot back then. Definitely dropped a little bit for me this time, but I did definitely appreciate it. So I'll leave it at that, that I liked it and let one of you go. All righty. Um, so yeah, I, like I said, completely avoided this one mainly because of the whole Paris Hilton thing. But then Sam was like, Joe, you got to watch this. So like she showed it to me first. Um, but honestly, I, we watch it, but I, I didn't remember like anything about it. So like on this rewatch, it was almost like a, a new watch again for me. Um, and overall, like pretty mixed results here for me. Um, I think there's good stuff here and also bad stuff. Um, I think there's actually like a great movie in here somewhere. I, I really do. Um, but it's bogged down by a lot of bullshit. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, hour and 52 minutes, way too fucking long for this movie, right? Like house of wax, the original, a, a nice tight hour and 24 minutes. Um, but like, God, there's so much like unnecessary buildup in this movie. Like, you know, you could have cut out like 
almost like that first 45, 50 minutes with like them, you know, driving and like camping out. And then like the whole, uh, you know, side character hillbilly guy there and stuff like that. It was just like all like really unnecessary and didn't need to happen. Um, and I'm going to get into some more later of like what I think would have been the better movie here, uh, but I'll wait for everyone else's thoughts. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I did enjoy bits and pieces of this. I really loved the, the town uh, setting here, like the, the creepy town setting. I loved the house of wax setting, like how the whole house was made out of wax. I thought that was really cool. Um, and I liked um, the, the wax killer face guy. He was pretty cool. And the whole climax, I, I did really enjoy. So yeah, I mean, overall mixed, but um, I, I'd say like more positive than negative for me. So this is probably no surprise, but I actually love this movie so fucking much. It is horrifying. Are you joking? And when I saw this in the theater and when I just became obsessed with it and it was one of like, my mini favorites. Um, I didn't know that it was a remake until like this podcast. I think we talked about it maybe a few months ago. I was like, oh, I had no idea. Um, this movie I love just because like with our 90s episode, I talked about how I love when you're a teen, when you're younger, they bring in like the most popular celebrity that all the other teens like to drive everyone else to see this movie. So I... I love when they do shit like that. So with Paris Hilton, yes, I want to see Paris Hilton in a fucking horror movie. Um, Alicia, what's her last name? Cuthbert? Cuthbert. Cuthbert. So I liked her from A Girl Next Door. And again, I was like, can't wait to look like that as a teenager. That never happened. I loved her so much. Like you really feel sorry for her because her fucking brother is an asshole who is awful to her. Hashtag relatable. He's so bad. He's awful. It's like, he takes no responsibility for his own actions. Like so angsty too. Like shut up. Yeah. He's just such a fucking loser. Um, but with Carly and her sweet boyfriend, Wade, like they're just the cutest couple. He's so sensitive. Anyway, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I just loved it. And then it's like, you have your group of friends and you think you're going on like this fun weekend. And then now you're about to die. So the whole setup of like the set with the museum and the town is just so creepy like you feel so alone like there's no one that can help you in this place um I like that there's like the twin brothers and then also with Nick and Carly they're twins so that kind of like has a little connection with the killers and the scene that scares me the most, which I kind of talked about it, is where she's in the dark, like looking around in the house, but also where her poor boyfriend, Wade, gets his fucking Achilles tendon snapped off or something like they cut it. And then he goes in the fucking chair. All the like needles are pressing into him. They wax his face. They just shoot wax. It is horrifying. Like I still have nightmares about that scene. If you want to be scared and shit your pants, watch that scene on the big screen. Like it is awful. Makes me want to throw up. Anyways, um, I just love this movie so much. It just has like that nostalgia factor for me. And Jared Padalecki, will you marry me? Real quick, 
before Steve goes. Sam, did you put this in your top 2000s? You know what? I'm not sure if I, I feel like I did, but maybe I didn't. I remember, yeah. I think I did, though. Um, so I haven't seen, I hadn't seen this in its entirety since, uh, my dad bought it on DVD in like 2006. Um, I did see parts of it here and there because it was part of AMC's like Fear Fest thing that they do in October. And so it plays a lot. And because of that, I saw like bits and pieces, but I never actually sat down and rewatch it until, uh, two days ago. And it's funny because I had the impression that people hated this movie, like generally. And like the horror community just did not like this movie. But when I when we discussed it on Discord, uh, pretty much everyone loved it. <laughs> so that that kind of surprised me. Uh, but I had very low expectations going in because at the time I did think that everyone hated this. Uh, I do agree with Joe. A, it's way too long. And I, I, I feel I say this a lot about movies. You know, not a lot of movies can justify a close to two hour runtime. Uh, some do, but a lot of them don't. And this is definitely one of them. I feel that the character of Blake and Paris Hilton's character could have been cut out of the movie completely and it wouldn't change a thing. But they wanted Paris Hilton in it. So it's like they kind of built those characters just to give her something to do. But her boyfriend was completely pointless. That whole story completely could have been cut. Not The movie would not have been like, like different except for Paris Hilton's like, you know, see her die type of thing that they had. You had to get to on. that football game, Steve. Yeah. Exactly. He was like the jock, and you know, come on. Right. Um, see, and Sam's gonna hate me for this, but I thought that the Wade character was annoying, and a lot of the issues that they faced going into the town could have been avoided if he wasn't such an, an idiot. Yes. Um, so I was happy to see that character disposed of. Um, okay, well, remember that when Joe gets us killed. You remember the <laughs> The dude's just breaking and breaking entering everything. into this whole town. Yeah. <laughs> he's, all, he's like touching everything, well, pretending to burn you, stuff. I mean, no, he probably I would just walk in with her brother too. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so anyway, so it's funny how certain things. So throughout this whole movie, I had this movie at a really low score because I'm kind of scoring in my head as the movie goes along. And I wrote some notes uh, early on because I write my notes as I'm watching it. And I wrote notes like, man, that is the fakest looking town ever. It looks like a movie set. It doesn't look like a real town. Then I wrote, oh, that whole wax museum is made of wax. That's stupid as hell. Like just these fucking notes. But the movie in the last like 20 minutes fucking kills it. And that's where I think this movie shines the most. Uh, I also really love the idea of having like this town populated by bodies made of wax. You know, I just wish they did more of it. Like you see that one uh, old lady in the window. I thought that was cool. And I wish there was more of that in the town that made it look, that made the town feel a little bit more alive, uh, which it didn't. It did like, you only see him really in the theater, in the church and that old lady. And I wish we had seen more of that. Like just like, it felt like there were people in the town and then you realize that there aren't. Uh, so that was a disappointment to me. I wish they had gone further with that, that whole thing. Um, but ultimately, you know, like I said, it's really the end that made this movie for me. I just really love everything that happens at the end with the whole wax. And that's where those two complaints kind of made sense to me because A, it's supposed to look like a movie set because it's built just to basically house these wax dummies and the whole kind of wax melting scene was probably the coolest thing ever. Um, but I don't know if you guys thought this, but I felt this was more a remake of Tourist Trap than it was... House of Wax. I don't know if you guys felt Def that definitely. same way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, there's like no 
there's the only similarity is the wax figures but other than that there's like they completely changed the storyline like everything so yeah yeah so yeah i mean overall i liked it it's just there's a lot too that i find it takes a long time to get to the point mm-hmm. you know and uh yeah that, that's unfortunate mm-hmm. did anyone notice yeah. when they were first walking into the town the uh the boyfriend girlfriend how f- she laughed identically the back-to-back jokes i don't know if anyone <laughs> got that up but i was like what it was almost like they had to she didn't they didn't shoot her laughing twice so they had to copy and paste it i was like what the fuck i don't know it was just really weird but uh um yeah I, I mean i think we all agree that it was a little too long i think about 20 25 minutes can be mm-hmm. cut out and just to get because like when this movie hit it hit like fucking hard like it was it was great like when the horror stuff was happening like when uh, Jared Padalecki, whatever his name is, gets tortured, that's it's super brutal. Like it's it's, it's, it's pretty bad, yeah. And then Paris Hilton's death's really good. Like her sliding down that pole is excellent. Um, getting sliced up the ankle is really brutal. Um, I absolutely love like when the the dude, the friend finds Jared sitting down and like he, that was I love that crying. scene. Yeah, love he's it. crying. Yeah. Not only is it like. Sad. brutal but it's yeah super sad because he's crying and then like his cheek gets shaved off and it's yeah. just tearing like oh my god like that the horror stuff I, is really legit yeah I, I wish we got more of that like like stuff like that because that was great and like the kills are all pretty solid like when he like decapitates the kid and like he's still blinking like i thought that was pretty cool and uh yeah pa- i mean paris hilton's kill was really cool too i mean yeah all the kills were great i kind of wish we got a little more and I, I wish we got more with like the wax figures like like um steve said like it would have been cool if like they went around like chop like maybe at one point they were running through the wax figures and like he was chopping more kind of i mean we get a little bit of that here and there but i i wish like the theater scene like you said was great so for me like what i was gonna say i think the better movie here is completely eliminate the secondary brother um and just have the killer be the wax mask dude like i feel like we didn't need that other brother there you know the the one who kind of talks more and stuff i think if you just have a silent killer with this creepy wax mask going around um and you could still figure out what the hell is going on in the town like i mean we're not uh, you know i i he was kind of there to kind of spoon feed us uh the plot in a lot of ways you know obviously like info dump and stuff um but i think yeah i i would have preferred it more if we just had this one creepy killer and I mean, it was I. another great fucking scene is when the wax house is obviously catching on fire and his mask is like slowly um, getting disfigured. I fucking loved that. Um, yeah, like the ending really does make this movie because like I was like teetering, but I was like, this really isn't a good movie. And then that last half hour really does make up for it and turns this into a, a pretty solid movie. Yeah, they're pretty lucky that there's never a heat wave in that town. Otherwise, that fucking whole place is melting. <laughs> but that true. visually, it was so good. It was so mm-hmm. good, that final scene. Excellent. Yeah. Everything melting and bubbling and the inferno and so good. It didn't really look like a museum, though, to me. That, that, that's right. one, of my, one of my nitpicks. Like, I wish they had more, like, exhibits, kind of like the original House of Wax, where it, it looked like a museum when he went in. It just really looked like someone's house that had figures in it, you know? So I thought that was a little unfortunate, but that goes back to, I think there, I wish we had seen more scenes of wax figures I and mean, the theater scene and the church scene, especially were so creepy and so awesome and so well-made that I wish we had seen more of it. And that's, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I think the sequel was going to have that. They pitched it. I don't know if you guys read that, but uh, 
it was gonna be pitched that it was gonna be a prequel about how like the kills leading up to the town being populated by the figure set would have been cool. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I was gonna say, Todd. Fun fact: the director of this movie actually has directed a couple other horror movies. Yeah. Um. So he directed The Orphan, and also The Shallows, mm. horror wise. But biggest surprise for me is he directed. 2021's Jungle Cruise starring The Rock most recently. <laughs> wow, that's a change. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, I was going to say, to me, completely pointless to have that third brother at the end. Like That, that was like yeah. the big reveal at the end. Right. It's like, who cares? That, is, oh, that was a reveal? I thought it, that was a brother? I didn't yeah, get because that. The, the, the cops say uh, there's a third brother and we don't know oh. where he is. As yeah. they're driving away, and he's like waving, and that's stupid as fuck, right? Yeah, like, why? I didn't, even, I didn't even catch that. So, I think that was only there because they were For probably a sequel, planning maybe. a sequel, yeah. Exactly, I mean, that's the only yeah. reason they're putting that in there, but yeah, I was like dumb. And then, like, it's fun. I love the info dump at the very end because I was like, how did like no one like go to this town before and stuff? And then, like, the cop throws out this like whole info dump of like, oh, well, here's why this they didn't do this. I was like, okay, well, hey, there you go. At least they like explained it in some way, I guess. But I just found that hilarious. Yeah, see, I, I thought when with the third brother, because I thought it was weird that the two characters in the ambulance had no other like attendants. Like if you've ever been in an ambulance, there's always like, like there's someone there in the, in the ambulance with you. You're not just fucking, it's not a free ride to the hospital, you know? <laughs> uh, so I thought the brother would be the ambulance driver and being like, you know, being, mm. bringing them to their death or something. But nope, he's just I, on his truck waving. <laughs> right. So I think, and once again, I think the, the better twist would have been had like one of the other characters been the brother. I don't know how they would have been able to do that. Maybe like keep one alive and he's like the third brother and he's going to like kill them or something. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> and one more nitpick that I have. <laughs> So it's a museum made of wax and the basement is a guy full of fucking candles everywhere, <laughs> which a, is he really taking the time to like fucking light those, you know, 200 candles <laughs> and B, yes, that doesn't seem like the smartest move to do, you know, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, anyway. they're like the generator underground too. It's like right. an odd, odd spot for it. Yeah, a lot of uh, convenient uh, little things, but whatever. Yeah. It's, uh, it was still enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I mean, this was like when all the remakes were happening too. Like, you know, yeah, the, height. the early 2000s. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, this one was okay. Well, let's rate this fucking thing. Sam, lead her off. I feel like 10 will be too obvious. Oh. Shit <laughs> for it. So I'm going to give it an 8.9. Wow. Right. Uh, and also, I don't think it's too long. I didn't realize it was almost two hours. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> Yeah. You like this truck though. Like I like this truck for sure. Um yeah, I think it's a solid movie, especially the ending definitely saves it and just looks great throughout. I just Chad Michael Murray. Oh dude, we get it. You're angry. Okay, cool. Um, but that finger snip, we didn't mention that. That was amazing. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see that too often. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm giving it a, a solid 7.25. Yeah, this movie would have gotten a much higher rating for me if it wasn't bogged down by the runtime and just like a lot of unnecessary, like just filler that didn't need to be there. Um, you you cut this down to an hour 25, hour 30. This is like a seven and a half for me. Um, but at an almost two hour runtime, it's just bloated and unnecessary. And it makes me not want to rewatch it. Like I'll re I, I would definitely rewatch this, but it makes me 
not want to rewatch it because of this the runtime. Um, but it's still like a solid movie, and the ending is is worth it alone for the, the price of admission. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a, a six and a half. And I was at a five uh, for the majority of the movie until the wax scene at the end. And that's where I fucking think it shined the most and made it memorable. Maybe maybe you want to rewatch it one day. So I actually give it a seven out of ten. Um, it was enjoyable. Like it was, it was way more enjoyable than I expected. I'll tell you that much. I really came in with low, low expectations and yep. I came out pleasantly surprised. Yeah, same. All right. Uh, both movies approved then. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are we covering? Have we decided what's the deal? Next uh, week? I, I thought we'd let our Discord uh, throw out some suggestions since we don't have anything. We're, we're right at the cusp of like fucking crazy <laughs> horror season, mm-hmm. but uh, since we don't have anything in particular, unless you guys do, I thought let's let's and that's why you should be on our Discord, folks. Uh, we we throw out like stuff like this once in a while. Just uh, so on Discord is by the time the episode airs, we'll probably we'll probably have chosen already because I have to watch it before the weekend. But um, yeah, we'll do this once in a while. So I, I'm just gonna throw it out to the Discord. Give them a day or two to throw out suggestions, and we'll decide internally which one works the best for us. Very cool. cool. Yeah, and also, if you guys have suggestions for future episodes of original versus remake. I'd love to hear them because I, I enjoy doing things. I think we should do these more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know people enjoy us doing it. So there's a lot, like there, there are a lot. It's a good way to get, you know, into the fifties and the, some of the eras that maybe we wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. 13 ghosts is a really good original. Yeah. Oh, that would be, a, be a good one. That's a good one. All right, guys, so that's going to be it for this week's episode. We appreciate you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Check out us, check out our Facebook and join the Discord. There's a lot of cool stuff happening over there. And you can just message one of us and we'll get the Discord link for you. And maybe you can rate our podcast, subscribe, share with your friends and family, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast, where today we are joined by a very special guest. His new movie, The Last Matinee, will be hitting VOD on August 24th. The writer, director, Maxi Contenti. Maxi, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? Hello. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, I'm good. I'm in Spain. It's, uh, It's the afternoon. Awesome. I can say that. (laughs) <laughs> very good uh, it's so, hot, hot it's yeah, it's been, oh, yeah. Hot. it's been very hot here too um so uh why don't you start off by telling our listeners what uh, the last matinee is about okay well the last matinee is a movie um which is very much a slasher film uh set in the 90s in montevideo in uh uruguay which is in uh Latin America, and it's um, it's about a movie theater. It's uh, it's all about it happens all inside a movie theater, where the it's the last showing uh, after the matinee um, of a horror film, and the projectionist's daughter takes place of uh, the father's uh, job because uh, her father is ill, and. Suddenly, an exchange character enters enters without nobody noticing, and uh, and yeah, some shenanigans start to happen. Yeah, that's 
the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good way to to leave it off. Uh, now, uh, you, you directed the film, but you also wrote it as well. So where did you come up with the idea for it? And uh, was there any other horror films you used as inspiration? Yes. Um, the idea came from the location, which is interesting because mm. it's, it's the main inspiration for the film. I was um, shooting a, 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 an advertisement or um, I was doing a commercial in this uh, particular theater that I knew as a kid. And suddenly it just hit me that there was kind of like a, there, there was a calling from the, the, the movie theater. Uh, like this place is haunted, this place is calling for a film. So cool, so big, so, and it, it just stayed very much the same as it was in the nineties when I went as a kid. And, uh, and so uh, that was the main inspiration. That's how it came to be. Um, then after uh, I started thinking, um, I had a writing uh, partner, uh, Manuel Facal, who was uh, the, the one who wrote the first draft of the, of the script. I, I proposed him the, 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 this, this idea for the, for the film and we, we uh, came up, okay, let's make, it, let's make it a slasher. Let's make a whole movie that happens inside this theater. Very much uh, thinking also in, in production, uh, you know, being, uh, being production, productionally wise, just uh, being able to produce this film. So everything happens in theater. What, okay, what kind of movie? Slasher. I, I would like to have a really good villain. Slashers have the best villains. Mm-hmm. They have the best antagonists. So let's create a local villain for, 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 for Uruguay, for, 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 for Montevideo. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's how, how it, it started. Very Connections cool. then became, you know, okay, let's, let's bring up some, some Jiao here. Let's, let's connect mm-hmm. with Jiao have a giallo scent to it, a giallo style to the, to the slasher, mix them together, merge them. Yep. But um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. So you guys actually filmed in an actual movie theater. Yeah, actually there were two movie theaters okay. that we used because um, the, main, the main theater, the inspiration for the film, mm-hmm. didn't uh, in lack uh, some areas were different. So I had to search for the ticket booth and the marquee on the street mm-hmm. for another theater, which was, it's actually the last working old school theater of Montevideo. Oh, wow. And it was, it was actually uh, uh, open when we were shooting. So we had to do <laughs> night shoots there. Yeah. And it's really like very grindhousey theater mm-hmm. in a gallery. It's really, <laughs> it gets you. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's creepy. And um, we almost lost that location too because of problems with the owner, but we managed and, and that was the, the, the combination of those two theaters that made up this 90s old, mm-hmm. old theater house. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. they were real. No, that, that, that's very cool. I, I I didn't, you know, that was going to be one of my questions anyway, but, uh, I would imagine filming in an actual movie theater. Did you run into like any problems? Like while there, you know, was there any challenges that you came across when filming in an actual movie theater? Yeah, a lot, a lot of them. I bet. (laughs) First one being getting the theater, which is, I thought it was going to be easier because this big theater was, uh, 
rented and used for many years uh, by the Uruguayan Cinemateca, which is the Cinematheque. It's an art house uh, theater organization. Mm -hmm. And they are cool with the Uruguayan filmmaking, you know, and they are, they have a, they sort of help with the film school that I went. So I thought it was going to be easier to arrange in a way, renting it for some time, but it wasn't. So yeah. it was after they left, which they did, and they got new theaters, beautiful ones, the best ones in Montevideo. But it was after they, they left the theater that we could rent the place to the owners so we rented and we camped there we brought all the production there everything catered wow. catering the the, the 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 vfx was in one of the bathrooms so we we camped there and that was our base and that was that was perfect but also was kind of like you know every day was night <laughs> we were there inside and so we didn't know what what day was what hour it was <laughs> And it was, uh, yeah, um, it's, it just, uh, it was our life for a month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was 24 days. Um, so yeah, um, it was difficult to get the theaters. Yeah. Uh, then we had other difficulties, but it was, the, the, the first one was that. Yeah. Now, I heard you mention uh, Giallo, obviously movies recently, uh, earlier, and Obviously, I noticed, I mean, how could you not, the beautiful Argento uh, movie poster for opera that was prominently displayed uh, quite a few times uh, throughout the movie. So uh, is Argento, was he a, a big inspiration for this? Are you uh, a fan of his his work? Was he a director you look up to? Yes, but I will have to be honest and, uh, and say that that particular poster wasn't because that's my favorite okay. uh, gallery or anything. It was more of a necessity that happened and then it kind of ended up caught in all this because um, the movie being projected was going to be another one. We were going to shoot the movie within the movie, make it, uh, we were going to make a horror, an Italian horror, but didn't we didn't have the budget for it for another week. So I came up with this idea of why, what if I, I used a real Italian horror? What if I can manage to get the rights for five, six minutes of a movie that would be mm -hmm. cool to combine a real movie and so we almost got um, that movie oh. and i like that the uh theater house was called opera actually was called opera okay in Uruguay, that theater house so yeah cool let's put opera <laughs> inside and, and and i thought well maybe i can manage to get those rights and we almost, uh, we talked with the Argento people, we almost got something going on and then the rights were uh, from some other company. Nah. So that didn't work out. And then we did, um, we almost got some other movies, but then we ended up with the one we, we had, which has other connections very much so, much better too, to some other things uh, of, the, of, of, of this movie. So yeah, but that's why it is there. Uh, I love that movie, but it yeah. wasn't like, yeah, that was the movie that I always champion, and that yeah. was so much inspired for this movie. Mm -hmm. I like, I, I like. Um, it's cool that I can clear that up because I <laughs> yeah. never cleared that up. Okay. Till now, and people start thinking, oh, he watched like a thousand times that movie. <laughs> well, I, I'm more into Mario Baba and Pucci. Okay. Yeah. And, and Argento, Argento, it's, it's of course Suspiria, of course. 
his movies are amazing mm -hmm. and huge inspiration Tenebre and and Profondo Rosso. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. But uh, a lot. Th thank you for. <laughs> of course, no. I'm glad. I'm glad we could. Uh, it's an interesting story. It is. Know. It is very interesting. Yeah. No, I'm glad. Um, so I found uh, your use of lighting in this film was just beautiful. Uh, I absolutely loved it. So can you talk about, you know, what inspired you to make those choices with the color and lighting? Okay, that's, that's props for the DP, uh, Benjamin Silva, who uh, really championed that out because I was, um, we were going, I mean, he, he managed to make the, the theater, uh, the lighting of uh, being inside a movie theater, but also being able to see worked out beautifully or as I as I wanted. But then uh, once we started to get this, uh, okay, let's let's get this uh, very much giallo inspired, stylish, stylistically giallo perfume to it everywhere. Uh, he 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 pushed it a little bit further than I wanted. And I and I and I, I thank him for that because it's a, it's a much beautiful film, uh, uh, photography-wise because of it. And uh, but I wasn't I wasn't I was more uh, um, I was hesitant to do it at first, for for sure. Then I I I was more into the American slasher of the '80s kind of photography. I was I was going more for that for Carpenter, John Carpenter. I was going more. For for Brian De Palma's uh, and 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 um, also the camera work, then I I wanted to make it very classical, so it was very Hitchcockian, and I, I had always in my head like I guess uh, Brian De Palma and Carpenter and Spielberg and all those, mm -hmm. and um, but yeah, that was that was him, uh, ben, ben, Benji who who pushed it. Okay, let's put this red here and like you sure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> hey, let's put it. Yeah. Let's, okay. Oh, it looks better. Okay. Yeah. It's more expressive. It's personistic. Yeah. Let's, and I, I embraced it. Yeah, sure. Very cool. Uh, well, we're coming up on time soon, but I do have one more for you. Um, so, you know, most horror movies today, they like to give us lots of backstory on the killer, but you took quite a different approach here and kept the killer more mysterious. Can you tell us why you chose to go that route? Yeah, sure. Um, this movie, it's about um, it's 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 more of about the era. It's about the end of innocence. That this the nineties was a, a more innocent time, and I like the idea of of just making this um, boogeyman, this new boogeyman, mysterious, just like Michael Myers is in a way. In this particular story, it's a it's a it's a very um, you know. Uh, uh, it holds up in just in a very classical way, very archetypal in its characters, iconic, tries to connect in a visual way, in a concept, and it's uh, also in a very small time frame for it. It's, uh, it all happens in a limited time, sort of like a real, sort of real time during the projection of one movie. So it's like about everything happens in around two hours. You don't have much time to make it a whodunit film, mm -hmm. like Jalos are. Right. It's more like once the conflict is finished, it's done. It's up to you, the audience, to, to. I mean, there is a backstory. I do have <laughs> the whys. Right. I'm just, I'm just keeping them 
and the mystery because he's a mystery even though you you see him mm-hmm. <laughs> it stays a mystery and i i thought at this point in this movie being the, uh, just this whole movie it's up to the audience it's up to their imagination to come out to the of the whys and the meanings so it's a very symbolic film in a way because you can come up with what what, what was all about what what is this uh, what was this killer all about doing what he's doing it's a mystery so you you can just come up with whatever if i pushed uh, or i am able to continue the story which i i'm, I'm eager to i have i have an idea of how to continue uh, uh, the story that will stop being a mystery or unless you don't care about sequels or anything it will stop being a mystery once i i, I develop it or something very cool well i mean that was the idea, the idea yeah, was yeah. to just to just work your imagination and just yeah, yeah come up maybe you have a better idea of what was all that about mm-hmm. than me explaining the whys. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, that, that's awesome. And I think for, for this, for like a standalone movie, that's great. But I, I would definitely love to see some backstory and uh, the next, I would love to see another one because I, I had a lot of fun with this one. And uh, I definitely implore everyone to make sure to go and check out uh, The Last Matinee. It's going to be hitting VOD here in North America on August 24th. So make sure you check it out. And Maxi, it was, it was an absolute pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Joe. All right, pleasure. awesome. That's hot. 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 That's hot.